I swear. Wrestling Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Andy Quilden here, joined by uh, a very sickly looking Andy, Andy Simmons. I'm not sickly looking, I well, actually don't sickly, feel too bad. I've you, got a bit of a runny nose kill. and I'm back on the Cuprofen. You look so, ill to uh, me. Cuprofen, paracetamol, manuka honey, and what else? Toilet roll stuck up the nose is a definite sign of looking ill. Yeah, but I've t- I'm clear at the moment. So, no. yeah, I've coming in, coughing, spluttering. So, do you remember? Little care for you. Probably should have done this week's episode on the phone. So, do you remember when I said I went to see Paul Travell and on one day he was out on death's door and the next day he was like yeah. up and back to, I wouldn't say good health, but healthier. Yesterday I was in a right state. So, you're comparing your cold yesterday to the time Paul Travell contracted malaria. malaria. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just making it clear that for our listeners, that uh, that that was the dire situation you were in yesterday. Yeah, colds, that's how I felt. colds can be killers. So, well, it's good to see you back on your feet now. Thank you. And uh, when you when you put it when you put it like that, you actually don't look too poorly for a guy that was uh, moments away from death yesterday. <laughs> exactly. So. I'd have, I was oh, horrible horrible day yesterday. Me and Rocky together on the sofa watching. Oh, I don't know. We just had a lot of wrestling on yesterday. Oh yeah, anything yeah. anything to stand out? Um, I watched I watched Tanahashi's first ever match. First ever match ever. Well, his first ever match. Yeah, I think it is his debut match against Marco Bay in 1999. I watched that. They're both young lions in the black trunks. Did you enjoy that? I did. Yeah. Good. He didn't win though. Oh, not the ace. Not necessarily a sign of things to come, was it? And a, 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 a lesson there that you know. Don't give up if you no. don't win at first. Keep going. <laughs> Great point. Keep going. What did you do? What, what, what have you been doing this week? Um, recovering. I've not. I've been. Uh, You've been sickly. S- no, not really sickly. Maybe maybe a little bit sickly. Just stressed out. Is making being stressed has made me sick. Yeah. Um, in terms of like you know a little bit anxious, you know, struggling to sleep and stuff. But I'm all right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So. Um, <coughs> Good. So yeah, I think uh, I've cleansed myself. I feel I'm in a happy place. Well, this can this so when I think everyone's the same. Whenever you get ill, you comfort eat a bit. True or n- true? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So normally my go-to comfort eating food is packet of dark chocolate digestives. Not that I've had any, but my point is this: I really, um, I've really struggled with my diet. Like probably. I go through spates of like three or four weeks, I eat great, and I fall off the wagon hard. And I just got back on the wagon last week, had a good four or five day run, and then that was it. No starts running. Straight back onto a chocolate digestion. Yeah, I didn't do too badly. I mean, I've just had a McDonald's, but yeah, I'm trying not to completely fall off the wagon is my point, by comfort eating. But but yeah, so I'm sat here watching you. You've had a bowl of salad. You've got four bananas, and you don't even like bananas. There's uh, a story to that. What about bananas? Um, yeah. So uh, I yeah, I hate bananas. I hated bananas, um, and I think that. So I taught myself years and years ago. I taught myself to eat to like olives, right? No one really likes olives when they first eat them. Right? Okay. 
but I kind of just persevered and ate them and then I wound up absolutely loving them like my favourite food in the world. But basically with bananas, um, every, well, every day, not necessarily in the morning, but every day Calvin has a banana or some banana and uh, and he he loves bananas like uh, like it's gone out of fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's like one of those social media influencers, you know, you see them playing with something and having a good time <laughs> with it. You're like, oh, I'd like to have a go at that. Yeah. But he really loved bananas so much um, that I was like, oh, maybe I've maybe I've been missing out on something. Okay. Um, but anyway, I so every time Calvin had his banana in the morning, I'd take a bite out of his banana and force myself to eat a bite of banana every morning. And this has been going on for about a month now. Every day, I take a bite of banana, and like I'll tell you what I didn't like about bananas. So I didn't. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, yeah, like what's not to like about a banana? So oh, well, I know many what, things. So one like, thing I know you're gonna say. Go on. Don't like the texture. The texture was one of them. Yeah, okay. Right? So the texture That's was the best one bit about it, like the squishiness of it. Okay, so the texture was one of them. The, <coughs> the, the flavour, I didn't like the flavour. Okay. Um, well, I guess those are the two main things, aren't they? Texture yeah, and flavour. Yeah, the flavor. most you got, yeah. Don't like yeah. the colour. The colour's fine. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> no that's problem. it, isn't it? That's my the point. Taste, the taste and, the, the, taste and the, the, the texture. And, like, the taste, here's another funny one. So, once, this is going back a few years, but I hate, obviously hated bananas, like, with a passion. Like, mm-hmm. and, and do you know what I think it might stem back to? You know, remember when you were a kid? Yeah. And I, I, I know they do lots of different flavours now, but antibiotics used to be banana flavours. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Right? So, it might... Like, do you know what I mean? It might be some kind of subconscious where I associated the taste of bananas with being sick and that's kind of yeah. where it's all come in and all gone downhill. Okay. So maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know. But it's weird because my mum loved bananas. My sister loves bananas. I don't like bananas. Weird. Yeah. And, there you uh, go. You're over it now. There's a pack well, of three there. Just, yeah, untouched. So, so oh no. So th- that was actually a pack of five and I had one yesterday and one today. So oh, like, They did I'm look pretty good actually. Maybe I'll for, those for, I'll for a month, yeah. um, I was eating a bite of bananas okay. and now I've moved to trying to eat a full banana every day. So well done. Yeah, well, I uh, so bananas are good. Like I, So I have a protein shake in the morning and I also try and have a banana with it just because it's just a good way to start the day. It's a nice bit of fruit. And it's a, like a nice, easy fruit to... And that's the thing. So I said earlier to Zoe, I said, I'm uh, about... Oh, no, it was you, wasn't it, I was talking to? You said, well, you could just... Uh, why have you forced yourself to have yeah. a banana? You could just have like a tangerine or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, well, bananas are very easy, aren't they? Mm. And they're also very cheap. <laughs> Even better, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. <laughs> a cheap, healthy, easy-to-eat snack. Cool. So... Um, so there you go. So there's our public service announcement for bananas. One and it's not, e- not even a sponsored advert. No. So, you know, if any people listening provide bananas and would like a, a sponsorship endorsement from us. Yeah, sometimes we don't want money. We just want free samples. Well, money would be good as well. Yeah, but free samples would be good. Well, we when, when Marty was still living with me, he was sponsored by this meat company. And they just sent him meat. I remember, meat. Yeah. yeah. He never shared it, but <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'd say, can I have a couple of these sausages? No. Um, so I think the question was what have I been doing so the answer was yeah just eating bananas eating bananas mainly but I've, re- I've, re- I've recovered um, yeah I had a yeah just a oh it was a horrible yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was that we spoke about high stakes last week didn't we and it was just all the lead up to that and all the stress surrounding that and people saying horrible things and yeah but I'm that's okay I'm over it now good I'm good um, I'm a good place you did your referee seminar Oh, I did my referee seminar on Friday. Yeah, that was good. That was another, another success. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So that was uh, 
that was good. Um, lots of people who, who wanted to take part in another role other than just wrestling, which is, and I, I think it's quite refreshing um, because I think that, uh, again, we've spoken time and time again about there's a big difference between a, just a referee and a good referee, right? And when I say a referee, people assume that anyone can do it. And so many shows, I'm sure you've had countless shows up and down the country over the years where you've been wrestling a match. You've, you've been booked to come and be a professional wrestler and you come to do the match and the referee is just someone's mate from yeah, the crowd. Mate. All the time. Yeah. Right? Not all the time, but enough But times. it happens a lot, right? <laughs> and, I say, times, and I always certainly. say, like I say, there's a handful of referees in this country who are... Um, who are real good referees. Yeah, Tom Scarborough. Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts. Joel Allen. Joel Allen. Um, That's about it, isn't it? Uh, I'm sure there's a few more. Shea Purser. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean from ICW. You know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of real good referees. And, but like, but when I say there's a lot of real good referees, there's a handful and we, we know who they all are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's because being a good referee is a uh, that's because so many referees are hobby, they're not there to be a referee they're there to be pro wrestlers and they just need a referee or that yeah I'm trying to think of the word they're like a it's like a it's um, a stepping stone but it, it it's like an expense cost cutting measure yeah right you know yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh well, I, I could pay Tom could pay a real, Chris I could or pay a real, real referee. referee but like but a testament to the fact that 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 you know there there are that being a good referee is a, an important thing. Is Tommy Stevens, there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah so the, t- the fact that these referees are getting um, bookings, because like you say, it could be a cost-cutting measure, but the fact that people are willing to pay for good referees is a testament to how important a good referee is for a wrestling show. Yeah. Um, so it was just good to have some people there and, and hopefully some of them follow on their journey and, and want to become full-time referees because that's what we need more of um so uh so yeah it was a fun seminar um and i say it was was a very whistle-stop tour i mean it was only three hours long so it was impossible to cover all aspects of refereeing in a three-hour course but um but it was certainly a good introduction for them and hopefully gave a good taster so um yeah i hope we'll see some of them again absolutely absolutely yeah um so yeah so i did that yeah and uh yeah that's about it we're focusing now and just just for clarification on last week, I didn't go, did I? No, actually, you didn't go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, I Andy was, telling, I did he was telling everyone he was coming. I knew he wasn't going to come. I think I had Finley so with me. Why did I have Finley? He was more than welcome. I was at my brother's. That's right. I was at my brother's, and then so I was going to. Oh, so, so you never went into work like you were supposed to? Two separate cars. Oh. No, I did. No, I did go to work, um, and uh, and then I went to my brother's afterwards for dinner. And then I was in separate cars with Lindsay because they went down to see my brother in the afternoon. And then Lindsay took Poppy home early because it was her bedtime. And then I ended up taking Finley home. But if I hadn't taken Finley home, I was going to intend on stopping in and saying hello. But so you didn't. Fine. And, and you would never go into. So. There but you go. I, I mean, it was nice for you to blag about it on the uh, podcast. Hey, I like, wasn't even going to bring yeah, it up. I'm going to. I'm going to. Well, you did bring it up. No, no, sorry. You weren't going to bring it up. So I, I wasn't going to bring got it away up. Scott free. Yeah. So. Um, I'm just being honest. I wasn't here. Okay. Okay. That's pretty bad, it isn't it? We had a busy weekend at the school. Yeah, very busy. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Was there? Doug Williams had his last training session. I heard went well. Yep. Four weeks with Doug at the school. That was good. Um, yeah. So it's been a good time. Yep. Good time. So more. Inf- you can get more information on the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. 
by visiting. Well, if you type in actually PortsmouthWrestling.com, if you use that URL, that'll take you straight to the training tab on Revolution Pro Wrestling. I wondered if that was the case. I meant to ask you about yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that um, was the case. And also, if you uh, you can go on Facebook, type in Portsmouth School of Wrestling as a fan page. Yeah, give that a like and uh, yeah. Oh, and also we had it, we got a nice review from one of the mums at the juniors yeah. class. Did you see that? That was lovely. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. And we didn't even, didn't ask, even ask, to ask for that. it. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to leave nice reviews, feel free. And if anyone wants to rate, like, rate, review this podcast, also feel free. <laughs> yeah, that's we essential. Could, uh, we could do with that. So especially after we take break, you know, oh, we took some breaks, didn't we? So uh, we need to get, we could use it to get the um, the momentum rolling again, you know? Yeah, we've got, uh, I did, you know, you spoke to me yesterday about organising that interview. All organised. Yes. He just wants to know a time and a date and he will be there. Good. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and... What else have we got to talk about? Because um, it's a mailbot bag edition this week, so like there's going to be all kinds of topics discussed. Um, and but we need to start with our wrestling challenge, don't we? Oh yeah, of course. So every week I forget about that. Yeah, every week I go, oh yeah, not, not committed, are you? Like me. So here we go. What week are we again? You're about to say that. No, I know what week we are. We're okay. week 16. We were halfway through last week. Okay. So what is it then? What's the question? Well, it's Andy and Andy's 30-week oh, wrestling challenge. It's <laughs> 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 so week 16. So last week we talk, talked about our favourite face. This time, favourite heel. That's a problem these days, isn't it? People favourite my favourite heel is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I my favourite bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Who I like to cheer. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm gonna you go. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna think about bad guys that I actually I can't, I'm hated. trying to say something that's not Can I just tell can I tell one story just while yeah. we're thinking about it? Okay. So again, bad guys who we legitimately hated. Yeah. Right. So I used to love the Hollywood blondes. Yeah. Right. And then when when Austin went off on his own. Uh, so then, so, sorry, I loved the Hollywood Blondes. I had a Hollywood Blondes poster on my wall. This okay. is a true story, right? Yeah. Steve Austin, Brian Pillman poster on my wall. WCW right? magazine or Wrestling uh, All Stars or something? I, what do you think? It was probably like a Wrestling Big Shots, maybe. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, which I've looked into. We've spoken about this on the podcast before. Um, so that was the first time I saw stuff where kayfabe was broken, real yeah. names were put, and there was stuff like when... I remember distinctly Diesel was coming in. It said that in there. But the main purpose of Wrestling Big Shots was it was a poster magazine. So that's, there was loads of posters in there. So there wasn't as much writing. There was more posters. Now, if you ever read um, Finley Martin's excellent book about the Power Slam years, um, he'll tell you about when magazines were all the rage and they used, just used to knock out, different companies used to just knock out magazine after magazine <laughs> after magazine just to tick that box like yep. magazines were very profitable okay so much what, like, like football you mean like so it'd be shoot match yeah match of the day. and like same with wrestling yeah. and like yeah. you know so you just like magazines were just profitable things you'd mm-hmm. put out a magazine four, four, two. and you could recycle the magazine but just with like very much like i don't know if you remember when we were like teenagers you know you had like nuts and zoo magazine yeah, yeah. which was essentially the same magazine but just with i said i'd love it every tuesday they'd come in oh you'd Lucy love that Pinder. in the shop yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Lucy Pinder, my favourite. Yeah. Only from Winchester as well. <laughs> Never met her. Aviv thought he went to school with her, actually. Yeah. Good, well, they're from the same town. He said, I swear I went to school with that girl. Cool. Yeah. Never confirmed or... No, not at all. Just a poor discussion we had one day and I was right, a bit yeah. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And um, to... So, yeah, so I think Wrestling Big Shots was just... The long, long and short of that was that Wrestling Big Shots was just another one of these magazines which was just... 
smashed out, you know, to to ride the wave of wrestling. It wasn't around for long, but it was like almost like a like the um, you know the the hotlines they used to do. Yeah, you know, you could have a hotline for everything, and they don't really exist anymore. I think the, perhaps the only wrestling hotline yeah, still in existence the other day, yeah. is, is John Fremantle's wrestling hotline. Yeah, I'm going to call it one day and just see what's on Should we there. do it live on air? Maybe we should. We'll do it on your phone, though, because it's a premium line. Is it really? Yeah. Well, it's probably like ACP a minute or yeah. something. Yeah. I think it's like 60 pence a minute plus your network calls. I wonder if he actually updates it or whether it's still like Flash Barker <laughs> will be <coughs> the, the Barker, PWF middleweight champion will be going up against <laughs> Yeah, Lee Darren at Potter's Bar. Do you want to look it up? We'll do it. Do, do it now? Yeah. Okay. You Make sure you put it next to your... Um, your headphone. Okay. Well like next to next to the microphone, and you need to be on speakerphone. Speaker. Okay. Um, I we I can't be bothered to get the microphone. I'm only doing one minute, right? Okay. Um, maybe two. Depends how interesting. Let's see if he brings my name up. I've got a show from this. Saturday. What you do if he just answers? He's like, "Hello," and like, <laughs> and, he, and basically, his his day job is just to scam you <laughs> into like he he'll literally stay on the phone and, and tr- try and keep you talking for as long as possible. Well, actually, it must be updated because somebody has said to me in the last couple of years. They call the hotline to find out who they're wrestling. <laughs> really? Yeah. So they'd lose all their wages, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a 65 pence per minute plus right. your network rate. All right, let's do it. Okay. Oh, nine. Nine? Cool. So, right. So this is, like, we're literally giving him an advert here. So. Yeah. Um, but then he'll probably be fuming because we're giving away his content for free. Yeah, so we kind of win. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nine. Oh, six, eight. Yeah. 800. Yeah. Six, six, nine. Make sure your volume's turned all the way up as well. Okay, and volume. And on speakerphone. Oh. Should we try that again? Try again. Oh, nine, oh, six, eight. Yeah. Eight hundred. Oh, two, eight. Yeah. Uh, okay. Six, oh, six. nine, oh, six, eight. Eight hundred. Six, six, nine. Six, six, nine. It would be better if it was six, one, nine, wouldn't it? Yeah. Very appropriate. Nothing. Well, that's the number that was published. Let me have a look here. Why is he? I was all excited then. Yeah, same here. That was going to be a a brilliant, uh, a brilliant touch there. Um, If it's as up to date as his website, I mean, it'll be something. (laughs) It'll be something. We're still looking at the 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 awards, the premier promotion awards. Interestingly enough, Premier Promotion voted themselves the promotion of the year. <laughs> is that what he says? Oh, sourcebritishwrestling.com. But it okay. looks like it was It looks like it was their, it's their own awards. And then promotion <laughs> of the year, Premier Promotions. Match of the year. Um, oh, it must be voted for by them. Because it's like match of the year. Colt Cabana versus Johnny Kidd, Premier Promotions, Potter's Bar. Um, yeah, what was that, 2004? Runner-up, runner up, Robbie Brookside versus Doug Williams, Premier Promotions, Worthing. So... Um, our history, our calendar. There we go. There's a number again. Try it again. All right. Last time. O nine O. Yep. Six eight. Yep. Eight hundred. Yep. Six six nine. Right. We're calling. It might. No. Unbelievable. It must. It might be. Do you think it's your phone? Do you think you got one of these? Cheap people's phones where like you don't you're not allowed to call premium numbers. Uh, mm. Look, I'm getting I'm getting angry now. I'm gonna try it. Oh nine oh six eight. This is terrible radio, isn't it? Eight hundred six six nine. Or it might it's be going to be that funny. Yeah. 
Oh, I'd debate that. You're on that one. WWE UK, <laughs> eh? <laughs> That's it. There's news to me. Portugal's fantastic David Francisco, High Flyers Harry Sefton and Carl Brady, West Country ace James Baker, and another international star, Slip Lombardo. Tickets for the show at the Palace Centre haven't on Saturday. So this has cost me 65 pence so far. All right, that's enough. He's taking the piss, isn't he? Well, we've got another 30 seconds now because, like, we might as well get to the two-minute mark. <laughs> Hit your money's worth. Oh, he's got me with 10 seconds left. I oh, need to know. No, this is I need to know. Right. Okay. I, I, need to know who he, I need to know who his mole is. Well, he must have well, a mole if he knows that, you know, WWE, WWE UK. UK. What's, uh, what does he know that we don't? <laughs> no, I don't know, yeah. So, um, so... Just to be clear, that's not true, and I have zero <laughs> interest in it as well. <laughs> so, uh, he said that about FWA contracts as well, by the way. So, the FWA 2.0 contracts. Got zero interest, not interested. No, I've got my loyalties. Oh, I've just signed. Okay, <laughs> cool, no worries. I didn't want to feel left out. Listen to FWA 2.0, a wrestler's perspective in the A-squared circle wrestling podcast yeah. archives. So anyway, if, if so you're interested, you know, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be. Um, I'll see you at the, at the Pallant Centre, is it, the Haven't? And uh, that was uh, the, the best £1.30 pence I've, uh, I've spent in a long time. You could have bought a lot of bananas. So you've got, you've got uh, on your phone, you've clearly got a block against premium numbers. Have I? Oh, good. Yeah, well, that's why that's, that's happened. Yeah, okay. Um, so I've just—I feel like I've wasted my money here, um, and what a—you know—wrestling is a carny world, isn't it? But come on, like the speed of that delivery. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. I assume you must have met, you met John, surely. I have. Of course you have, because he's been to a couple of the uh, shows Premier in Portsmouth, isn't he? Promotions, but he does talk. Line. He, he does talk very slowly and very oh, he's precise because he's used to doing that. Maybe that yeah, yeah. Every he's week. probably been doing that since the eighties, nineties. Certainly yeah. the nineties, I'm sure. Do you yeah. think this this time he'd be like, oh, I made one pound thirty five this month? <laughs> 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 um, he might get an up, uh, a big uh, surge in listeners. Do you know what? In all seriousness, uh, all seriousness, he would actually be a great. He's got some good stories. He's told me because he ran, he ran Big Daddy shows, Bulldog he, tour, Bulldog shows. Like he's used it, Regal, like all the names that we are familiar. And with. And they all got paid thirty five pounds. <laughs> Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> You're joking. Um, yeah, he'd be a good person to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring him on for a five-part special. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, definitely. Well, let's bring him on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll ask yeah. him when I see him Saturday. 
No, I've got a lot of time, John, seriously. And he'll be like, and how much do you charge for this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give it away for free every week. <laughs> so I charge people just to call up and get a, get a website to uh, to buy tickets <laughs> from. So he, uh, so he, John, I didn't actually realise this, but someone once told me he's almost credited with keeping British wrestling alive. Have we talked about this before? Maybe. But like, he's actually credited with, with actually continuing British wrestling, keeping the guys like Mal Sanders and Steve Gray and... Uh, Mel Stewart and guys like that actually not probably full time work but actually keeping them on as wrestlers because he was the only one running shows Dixon was running three venues which was Colston Hall in Bristol Fairfield, Fairfield in Croydon and Hanley yeah. and I think in the mid 90s that's all Dixon was doing probably, you know probably sporadically doing others but that was the idea was he was doing those three every month uh, and but John wasn't. John was doing Worthing. He was doing uh, Potter's Bar. Potter's Bar. <laughs> like I, I don't know the venues, but he's actually crazy about actually keeping British wrestling half alive. But you know, you ask anyone nowadays, John Freeman on uh, Premier Promotions. Oh, I've heard of it. I think you know. So that's my point. He'd actually have some good stories to tell and good, good bit, good bit of history. Um. So yeah, that was a Premier Promotion. Uh, there you go, John. Weekly update. Free plug. No yeah. problem. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, what were we favorite heel? <laughs> oh yeah, favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite heel. Uh, um, God, favorite heel. Uh, uh, well, oh, so there was a point I was going to make. So how we got <laughs> into this was we were talking about wrestling big shots. Yeah. So I had a poster from the from uh, from wrestling big shots, and when Steve Austin went to WWF and then Fly, Fly and Brian went to WWF. Yes. Uh, afterwards, um, obviously. Brian Pillman was of a Heart Foundation. He had the thing with Austin, and Austin Pillmanized his ankle. Is yep. a popularized term um, in the old wrestling dictionary. Pillmanized, um, and uh, I was so angry at Stone Cold Steve Austin for doing that. Do you know what I did? Tore the poster in two. To tore the poster in two. So there was just not even neatly. <laughs> so there was just a uh, a ripped. Brian Pillman poster on my wall. Really? You couldn't yeah. even do it neatly with a pair of No, and, I, and, like, and the thing is as well, like at the time, like I knew that wrestling wasn't real. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? But I just suspended my disbelief and was just like, yeah. you know, I'm back in, I'm back in the Heart Foundation, mm-hmm. you know, in this war. Yeah. So that was it. Well, you picked the right side because I, I backed them as well. Uh-huh. All the way. So that doesn't, doesn't answer the question, but that was just a, you no. know. Okay. Uh, Go on, biggest heel. I don't know. God, like who's the best best antagonist? Like who, who did really I really ha- hate? Who, who was an old B, as your nan would say? Yeah. <laughs> who, who who upset you the most? Um, <laughs> Mr. Perfect, maybe. You dislike Mr. Perfect? Yeah, like Ted, but I loved him when he turned goody. Yeah, I never really disliked him at all. No, no. He was ah, Shawn Michaels. There yeah, you go. yeah. That that era. 92, first got into WWF. Who's this guy? I think he is. Sure, <laughs> Dancing. Yeah, having a good time. Um, oh, I've got to answer with something, haven't I? Yeah. Um, but you like, I think like a great answer for someone our age would be like, oh, the best heel was Bret Hart in the Canada, you know. But I kind of feel we can't keep answering Bret Hart for, every, <laughs> everything. for everything. Yeah. Um. No, because there were like so. For example, like when I was a kid, I hated the Mountie. Okay, I like, absolutely hated the Mountie. Yeah, I thought he was rude, obnoxious. Uh-huh. Like, I d- like he beat Bret Hart when Bret Hart had a fever. Yeah, he Do you know what I mean? On that, didn't he? Yeah, unbelievable. Mm. Hated the Mountie. Couldn't believe it. Like he beat um, Bulldog once, right? And uh, 
I just couldn't believe how the Mountie would physically be capable of defeating the British Bulldog. Yeah. So you go with the Mountie, eh? Um, yeah, why not? But just there was a such a wide v- wide range of heels, wasn't yeah. there? Like short-term heels, like, you know, like... The yeah, well, I guess he's I'm like sure a, sh- a short-term heel, yeah. Commandments, you know, all those guys. Because I guess that was, again, a throwback to the Territory days when, yeah. like, you came in for your run, the babyface was a bit more constant, you'd come in for your run and then and then be done. Do you know who was a good long-term heel? Who? Erwin R. Shyster. Yeah. Like, he's, like, the epitome of everything you'd hate. And especially for us... I like do a lo- hate the tax, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you see that thing that uh, someone posted something on a, a fighter or something posted? It just really cracked me up. Said s- something about Mattress Mike. I'm here with Mattress Mike. <laughs> and Ariel Hawani, who's like a uh, MMA reporter, posted saying, who's Mattress Mike? Well, with a picture of uh, this old guy with the, this fighter and Conor McGregor just replied saying my financial advisor <laughs> and that just cracked that me mean? up okay do you want to try and you want to rewind a bit and try and work it out mattress oh uh, yes okay right I guess it who's mattress Mike my financial advisor yeah I get it yeah, yeah as in he advises yeah. him to keep all his money under, under his mattress, mattress so yes. he doesn't have to pay tax which brings us back to IRS IRS yeah well yeah. done it took me a while to cotton on but I got it yeah, but it's good that we did go- explain through well, that the reason why I process. got a little bit c- cross wide is because IRS is obviously Mike Rotundo so I was like oh his mattress Mike is, it, is Mike Rotundo have a mattress <laughs> business on the sometimes side sometimes you just over overthink things you look for love in all the wrong places yeah so, so uh yeah, that's a beyond the mat. Uh, that's a beyond the mat quote. Was it? Yeah, my dad was looking no, for yeah. love in all the wrong places. And then, like, that's why Jake explains that mm-hmm. something like his mum's, his dad raped his sister. Or no, like his mum's, his mum's, mu- his mum's mum was his dad's girlfriend. Is yeah, what he yeah. explains. Yes. And the next scene is like Grizzly Smith going, "My son Jake was born out of love, and I still love him to this day." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well. Orcs. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's another... It's the best heel. Yeah. Grizzly Smith. Grizzly Smith, <laughs> yeah. really, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. All uh, right. Jake Snake was a good heel. Yeah, he was, actually. Yeah. yeah. But was he, like... Are we, like, as adults, like, oh, yeah, he was a good heel, man? No, I'm not saying he was a good... No, so I'm, like... So, when Jake... So, just... Here's your example. When Jake yeah. the Snake came and attacked Sting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, okay. like... You old B. You old B. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe Jake the Snake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good if that caught on, wouldn't it? What a legacy for my old dear old Nan. <laughs> you yeah, old B. You old B. <laughs> All right. Cool. Right. Should we get to it then? So, mailbag edition of uh, of uh, the podcast. Always our most popular episode. Um, but, uh, and I, I'd like to point out as well, with the... Um, with the uh, mailbag episodes, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hear that in football terms all the time. When okay. like When, like, a football team is, like, do you know what I mean? Like, so, um, when a team's, like, playing, like, Burnley. Yeah, he <laughs> smashed Tottenham the other day. And, yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, when you've got, like, a list of teams yep. who are in the bottom half of the table, and then some a team goes on a winning streak, beating all these teams, and they're like, well, you only beat the bottom, you know, the bottom six teams in the division, and then the answer is we well, can only beat what's put in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. don't if you don't like the questions, ask some next next time. You have an opportunity to. Yeah. So um, and we'll do it. With, we we say this every time. We'll do it more than twenty four hours notice. And we did this time, though. 
barely. I know we announced we it announced last it last week. week. We gave a week's notice. Said, "Hey, we got two hey questions. Hey kids, so a lot. We better do some tweets. Hey kids, if you've got any questions, I've still got some more coming in today. Actually, well, that's good. Yeah. Do you want to read one? Uh, okay, I will go with the one I got. As a, I got one as a DM. Oh, someone slipped into your DMs. I yeah. wonder if they had other intentions. Uh, it's funny how many relationships so. start by people slipping into people's DMs. Question for you for the podcast. This is from Ben at Ben the Villain on Twitter. He's actually Marty's biggest fan. Uh, well, you, you, you'd be a bit awkward if he wasn't. If that wasn't. No, but he's like a, he's like he he loves Marty. So, question for you for the podcast: What has been both your favourite event to commentate on? Uh, Osprey versus Vader. Yeah, see, that's what I thought of initially, but then again, I kind of feel like I want to come back with something different than just keep. Well, one time I announced the Cork and Hall. Oh, I did. All right, mate. Well done. Kushida versus Tanahashi. Kushida's last match in New Japan Pro Wrestling for the yeah, foreseeable you just, future. You just sit there and stay quiet, kids, and yeah. let Kevin do the talking. Oh, there it is. What do you think, is it? Shh. Well, I can see you're actually offended by that. I'm joking. All right? You you make a great pair, a great couple. Well, that's what Kevin said okay. on the New Japan Road the other day. Very, very good. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, the jo- I wasn't even really thinking about that, actually. I was, I was thinking about things, essentially, we did together. But yeah, but no, but I think just yeah. But think about what's what you've liked in terms of like emotion, story. Do you know what I mean? What have you? What's? Uh, uh yeah, like Vader Osprey is storytelling one hundred and one, wasn't it? Oh, it was uh, amazing. Yeah. So I, I would. Uh, that is my top one. But I'm trying to co- going to try and quickly come up with a second one because. It's just such an easy answer and something we go back to, you know, with somewhat regularity on this. Um, I really liked commentating. I did it with Oliver Bennett. Oh, I've got one. Go on. And it's not just because it's a big name, but because it was because it was a packed arena. Arena, that sounds stupid. Packed venue. Um, Kurt Angle versus Zach. Because, you you know, you it's like Kurt Angle, world-class real athlete, world-class professional wrestler, and be able to call one of his matches. And he comes out to the WWE music. Shh. And I was like, shh, shh. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> comes out to some music. Uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, just... That was cool. Good moment, definitely. Um, and it was a great match. Yeah. I'm sticking with Osprey versus Vader. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, maybe... Yeah, no, Osprey versus Vader. Yeah. Uh, I think there's been some Zack Sabre Jr. matches I've really l- enjoyed. Like uh, Jeff Cobb versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. From that same show. The Vader, Vader versus Osprey. Osprey show. Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. I okay. love that. That was a turning point for Zack Sabre Jr. When he started to... That's when he went to the dark side. Well, he started to go to the dark side, yeah. But it was like um, the, the it was like he would do anything to hang on to the belt. Ruthlessness... Yeah, and he kicked the living snot out of uh, Jeff Cobb, and everyone was booing him, and it made Jeff Cobb huge babyface. And uh, Zach got booed, but like it was coming off of obviously, it was just a good, good piece of uh, Zach's like slow, gradual turn um, towards the dark side. I think was a very good, an interesting piece of storytelling in terms of like it's not like spelt out for you, but if you go back and you can watch each each chapter of Zach. Um, you know, turning towards the dark and side. And he was a real sort of, he was a, he, well, he was a big favourite. 
like a York Hall favourite, wasn't he? Yeah. Going in. Yeah. Well, every time. He still like is, everywhere, but like yeah. But and Zach had just been. He'd come off essentially. He was. Uh, he'd been essentially full time with Noah, hadn't he? Like the the year prior. Yeah. And then he came back in, like almost like the returning hero. Like I'm. He decided to move back to England because he was, he was living in Japan. Yeah. And he decided to move back to England. Um, or did he move to America first? No, I think he moved to America after that. No, he moved to. So he moved from Japan to America, I think. So he was still like a bit of a uh, a novelty. Okay, okay. He definitely he was, yeah. Because he's only recently moved back to England. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, point being, he was like a he was a special attraction. So and lovable Zach, almost like a. You know, he was, uh, I guess, a modern-day version of Doug Williams, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, in sense of, like, you know, just respected professional wrestler. And that, that slow, gradual burn and turn was uh, was just very well done. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Okay. Question two. Um, oh, it's funny because I could have been lining one up the whole time, but um, I wasn't. Uh, do you want me to use my phone? Cause it's yeah. Um, you can't just go do 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 Damn, is that Mr. Hughes? No, that was actually just a question about a brilliant picture I put on my Twitter of me and Mr. Hughes from WrestleCon. Excuse me. Um, who was your favourite nit- Nitro girl? Oh. I think I do have one, but I can't think of her name. That's no good to anyone, I appreciate. Should we pull up a picture of the Night Show Girls? Yeah, mine was always Kimberly anyway, because uh, she was the leader. Yeah. Uh, so you're just going to pull up the picture of the Nitro Girls and be like, which Nitro Girl do I fancy the most? <laughs> well, isn't that really what the question is? Well, yeah, but I liked Kimberly because she was a leader. Okay, right. Uh, oh, Stacey Keebler was Nitro Girls for a bit, wasn't she? Yeah, for a short period, yeah. Do uh, and even yeah, what we're gonna do? Go this one. Well, look, I've got one. I've got one here where you can see their names. Oh, okay. This this is the original lineup. If okay. you just put your head to here. Oh yeah, there we go. See. All right, okay. Glasses on. Um, I think. This Ta- one. Ta- uh, no, this one. Her name's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Shay. Oh, I know. Not, not Shay Purser. Car. No, I think it's just bad editing in terms of the photo. Yeah. What about you then? I told you, Kimberly. Oh, Kimberly. <laughs> okay. Good question, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your turn. All right. Uh, okay. So I'm actually trying to find. So, uh, there was like a one question or two questions which were ans- asked before we uh, started plugging it. So I was just looking to see if I could find that. Okay. Um, Matt Dagnall at WrestlePhoto underscore UK asked, "Which Rev Pro wrestler has the best trim? What does that mean? Haircut, mate. Is it okay? Uh, who has the best haircut?" You tell me. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm thinking Lord Gideon Gray. Um, it's definitely not Curtis Chapman. Oh no. Yeah, I was at uh, I was at a show where Curtis Chapman's hair was so bad that uh, he had his hair cut by Chris Brooks before the show. Chris was like, "You can't keep walking around yeah like this." Uh huh. So you had like Carl Fletcher holding the uh, the light 
of the cam the torch up on the cam on the phone to get better light and uh, yeah and do you know what Curtis Chapman's excuse was? Go on. So Riptide Wrestling yeah. and a barber at their wrestling shows. Yes. Who cuts the wrestler's hair? Yep. And he was like, Riptide haven't run a show in a while, so that's why I've not had a haircut. I'm waiting for a free they one. went on a hiatus, didn't they? And uh, their first one back was, uh, well, they did one last year, but their first one since last year was February. So this was a couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks before then. So he was like, I'm having it done in two weeks' time at Riptide. Oh, pathetic. So, yeah. Embarrassing. So we had it done at Rev Pro instead. Um, so yeah, that that happened. Go on, your turn. I've just done one. Oh, okay. You have. You've not answered a question. You've not answered. Oh, who's got... I did. I said Lord Kitty and Grey. Yeah, but that's clearly a lie. All right. Um, uh, Carl Fletcher. Oh, James Castle. There you go. He's got rather unique here. Um, I heard he was copying Will Castle. Oh, that's a good point, actually. A bit of a copycat. Um... Okay. Uh, go on. <laughs> oh, no, it's still <laughs> my turn, isn't it? Hi. Oh, like that's a long one. We'll come back to that. There's been a few people asking about the Bully Ray story, and I'm still not going to tell it. No. Because I think like it's one that deserves a episode not really an episode it's a, it's a short story really but i feel like uh you know it'll age better in time as well you know yeah it's not really worth having that row now is it <laughs> no <laughs> it's not no uh okay uh, this this is way better on your phone rather than your notifications well it's too late now isn't it if you want to, if you want to call something, calls. Can you say one that's been at, added to you? All right, Tommy Stevens at referee Stevens. With hindsight being twenty twenty, what advice would you give to yourself ten years ago? DTA. <laughs> Don't yeah. trust anyone. Um, I think legitimately. Um, I think I would say. Um, don't expect people to be as invested in your what you're doing. Like, however good your intentions are, don't expect people to be in invested in what you're doing as um, as their own as their own agenda. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, uh, whereas uh, obviously, um, for me, I've always been about pushing whatever brand I've been associated with and like my long-term goal as I've said time and time again is to almost create a legacy um, and I want to be able to make wrestling in the UK full-time a legitimate prospect for wrestlers um, and create a legitimate business out of the most illegitimate business and those of you know you, do you know what I mean by saying that yeah, like yeah. wrestling is the most illegitimate like again very kind of carny I guess still there's still those yeah there's, there's no real it. there's no real well there's no policing of it for a start no you know. yeah and like you can't just you know if you wanted to run a if you wanted to run a carnival I assume there's rules and regulations yeah wrestling and they're, they're kind of they're loosely what, is, is but so many there's well so yeah many very cowboys. loosely but um 
So for me, I've always wanted to create that solid foundation in this country, and I've always wanted to have something where it, whereby, um, you know, people can say, obviously understand and respect people who want to go to WWE, want to go to WCW, ECW. Uh, <laughs> come on, that was funny. Oh, right. I thought you were you t- you're not listening to me, are you? I am like, listening. I just didn't understand the joke. But just no, I listen. Get stay. All right. So I understand people want to go to other places, but ultimately what I would like to be able to do is make it so they don't have to and also to make it so um, uh, so people have aspirations of being like and I guess in many ways we're starting to succeed but it's more like you know I want to come and wrestle in the UK you're seeing like Americans come to England to wrestle and I want that to be what people would like to be a destination Um, and I'm aware we're a long way from getting there but um, to get there, we all have to be pulling it in the same direction. Um, and I think that that's the advice I'd give myself to not um, not think that everyone else is on the same wavelength. So I think like uh, in many ways, I was, I was kind of naively would think like, we're all fighting for this together. You know, we're all trying to achieve this together when the reality is we're not. Like it's my agenda and I'm fully aware of that. And everyone else is a. Everyone else has their own agendas yeah. in trying to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, and it's almost like uh, in order to in order to move forward quicker, everyone needs to be a hundred percent on board and focused yeah, on that so one specific goal. So I don't know whether it's because like there's so many different. So you can either wrestle in Rev Pro, you can wrestle in. Yeah, it's well, it's because well, yeah, it's but, but, but my point is like when we were all trying to build the FWA, everyone was on board. Yeah, you know, and we've so never even had like the guys you so would think wouldn't be like Flash Barker and guys like yeah. that, Doug. They're all very much on, on the board, FWA. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I yeah. think that, and I think that's that is a testament to. So, so it's a, just a number of things. So I always say time and time again, um, and it's good. This has created some interesting discussion because I say time and time again, like um, we've never had the perfect storm. So. Um, so, for example, you had Len, who at the start had money and he had production yeah. values, but he had no clue about promoting, you know. And you had um, and you had like FWA, who knew how to book exciting, interesting stories, but perhaps didn't have the wrestlers who were cap- like, do you know, like they lack, just so like consistency. Yeah, well, it lacked well, it lacked consistency, but also perhaps they didn't have like. So, for example. All star, like a lot of the all star wrestlers yep. who sat there and slagged off FWA yep. because they were jealous that they weren't a part of it, they would have been tremendous assets to FWA to have on their books if they were all in. Sure, you know, um, and as well, yeah, they didn't really have a, they didn't have any leadership in terms of so they had leadership in terms of like you had Alex who you know had these big visions and stuff, but you didn't have any general manager to you know move it along. So. You know, so we've booked this show in Broxbourne. Have we got the posters printed? Who's yeah. putting them up? You know, um, have we told the wrestlers that there's a show going on <laughs> on this day? Or are we expecting them to read it on the internet? They didn't have that kind of leadership direction. You had Stephen Gauntley, who didn't have anyone to reel him in. You know, he had a tremendous vision. And if anything, his vision was good, but it was kind of flawed in the sense of he was too one way. Do you know what I mean? He was too like he seemed to have American, a American, 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 and no control over the budget. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. He appeared to have a big bank account, 
and you could have the biggest bank account in the world. But yeah, but it was soon deplete. Yeah, yeah. So he needed someone to look at the financials, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but again, every single like, there's so many different. Like for example, I look at LDN Wrestling as an example, right? I know they've got their critics, right? And I don't like the the show they put on, but I respect Sanjay Bagger for his work ethic and the amount of sh- the, the amount of shows, the volume of shows he puts on, and the fact that you know the the promotion that he puts into the shows he works hard at and like you can dislike him like a lot of people dislike him a lot of people dislike his shows but you can't knock the fact that he's gone out there and put the legwork in to make those shows happen right so if you were to for example add him to another piece of, he'd be one piece of the puzzle do you know what i mean but like People just can't coexist and work and and whatever. So, um, so to me, um, the 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 furthering of wrestling is is about um, you know having all those pieces of the puzzle connected, moving forward in the same direction. So, so you said like in FWA, the wrestlers that were there with FWA were a hundred percent invested in moving FWA forwards, but they perhaps didn't have there was other elements that was lacking, like organization and stuff like that, right? completely lacking from FWA. Oh, completely, yeah. And like, now, if if I had that same level of commitment from a group of guys, I think that that would be another step forward towards making it happen. But as you say, the world has changed. And now it's not just, there's FWA, like, because the reality was, if you wanted your work to be seen in the UK, you had to work for FWA, right? And it does, I don't care what anyone says, like, you can say like, well, if you worked for Brian Dixon, you were working every single night of a week, like, you could work one night of a week and you'd get more attention for FWA and you get more int- attention than... One night of the month. One night of the, yeah, one yeah, night of yeah. a month. And you get more attention than one full month of shows every single night. Sure. Right? And I know that's what rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way, but that was a reality of a situation and that was just FWA taking advantage of new technology before anyone else. Yeah. It w- yeah. I mean, I, w- I was going to say this. I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but like it was almost like more people knew who Jack Xavier was than, say... Mikey Whiplash. Yeah, I think that's a, f- but I think that's a fair you know, statement in that, in in that year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But my, of course, the counter argument would be, well, Whiplash, he rushed in front of probably ten thousand people that week. So is yeah. that? Do you know what well, I mean? Absolutely. But, so. so, but what I'm, so what I'm, and like, I guess my argument, what I'm saying is like, it's about getting all those pieces to align together yeah. in one place, yeah. and that's what will then take us to the next step. Sure. But like now, I guess uh, the thing is that there is so many different promotions that that. So in those days, getting it just by putting the effort you put in. So for example, the effort that I put into Revolution Pro Wrestling, putting that effort in in those days would have would have bought you a hundred percent loyalty from your crew of people and. When I say loyalty, I, I, I just mean like in terms of like, you know, we're all gonna we're all gonna be a part of this together. We're all gonna make this happen. We're all gonna move it forward to the next level, you know, and really believing in it. Because I think everyone who's in FWA really believed in it and I had to believe in it because otherwise, all this time when you you go in there and they're like, oh well, we've got no money to pay you this month. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like these people really, really believed in the in the product and making it happen, right? Um, but because there's so much good stuff going on now, it's hard to get that yeah. from, from I think anyone. a big part of that, I can remember there being FWA meetings. That used to be, that used to be a big thing people would take the piss out of, uh, like the Scott Conway shows. That, oh, yeah, oh, come on, guys, we're having a meeting. Yeah. You know, but like all the guys that get together in a, in a, in a, in a room, obviously, like everyone who was on the show from ring builders all the way up to Alex was, and Dino Scarlo were like holding the meetings, and that was where the rally was, like, 
Right, this time next year we're going to be on TV. This time next year you're going to be driving Ferraris. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it, it's hard. And, like, everyone believed every single word that was said in those meetings, and perhaps it's just the benefit of hindsight. Now people uh, aren't as willing to put themselves forward. Uh, yeah, so it's like, don't put all your line. eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah. so put them, put them in many. But, but then we had no choice. It was like, yeah, well, you can no either be yeah. part of this FWA, which is trying to create this revolution of British, you know, new British wrestling, they yeah. called it back then. Or you can go, go, and try, uh, go and try your luck, and maybe if you're lucky, you won't get bullied in another locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, so, yeah, so I guess... Um, Again, going back to what I'm like, I guess the the, the question was uh, with hindsight being 2020, what you know, what would you uh, what would you think? I, I guess that all I would say, I I know we went a long way round about the houses uh, in in kind of getting there, but just um, I feel like a, a lot of the times I've felt like everyone, and this is this is across the years. This isn't specific to now, but I felt like you know like. I feel like I'm building something and I felt like everyone else thought they were a part of that as well and building it and really invested in it when perhaps they were investing in themselves. <laughs> if yeah. that, if that, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So don't expect the same. Like, So I don't... And, 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 and again, like, I think I expected... Like, perhaps it's like because, you know, if I stay up all night working on something, if we've got a project together, if I stay up all night working on it, I'd expect you to work, stay up all night working on it as well. But if you're not as invested, you're not as willing to stay up all night and work on it. I think that's probably the easiest way of explaining it. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, you know what they say. Uh, another word for a partnership is what? A sinking ship. Oh, really? Is that yeah. true? Is it? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound uh, very positive, does it? Not really. But my point is, like, you know, if you, if if you as the Revolution Pro Wrestling. Uh, CEO, COO, chief, <laughs> chief operating officer, um, you know, and looking at everyone, you know, as like, oh, everyone's on board with on my ship, then that's going to be a sinking ship. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I've but I've learned, you know, I've learned over time that there's no yeah yeah no yeah, one's you learn you learn yeah, not to you know, really every like everyone's here because we are mutually beneficial to one another rather than because we're all trying to. Yeah, push in the same direction to achieve something. You know? Sure. Um, so I think that's probably my biggest takeaway, um, and uh, and I think that once you learn that, everything becomes a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I think otherwise you take a lot of stuff to heart, you know. Uh huh. Um, so yeah. Okay. Have you got one? Uh. After that long sub rant. <laughs> Uh, well, it's a what's question. What, what advice would I? Yeah. What 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 have you learned? You know, with if you went if you went back and like hindsight's with with the benefit of hindsight, what advice kind of would you give yourself? Uh, what advice would you give to yourself ten years ago? Uh, of course. Yours should be don't give up. Well, yeah, yeah, what it what it is. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But like, I didn't. But so it's always like no. But you again. Like I think you're misread it like so what I'm saying is like if you could go back and give some advice like so 10 years ago you'd given up as a wrestler where are we now 2000 so 2010 yeah did the end of 2009 2010 I decided I was in love and I was happy yeah there you go and then so six months I was thoroughly so miserable exactly but you'd have messed it up by taking your eye off the prize yeah so that's what I'd say if you were to do it again to not if you were to go back and give yourself some advice give yourself a slap round the face and say stop yeah. being so stupid don't be such a wimp pick up the phone call phone them yeah 
yeah. I was always scared. Fear of fear, of, fear rejection. of fear of yeah, fear yeah, fear of rejection, fear of failure. But also that kind of almost like that fear of success as well. It's like what if it does happen? What am I gonna do then? Yeah. That that's a big part of fear, is the fear of success. Yeah. Well I think uh for me, as I've spoken about on the podcast all the time, like I get worried about everything. Like I'm just uh, just terribly anxious these days and um and what I've learned is that, and again, this is probably a lesson that I probably should have taught myself 10 years ago, was that, but I still need to remind myself of it on a regular basis. So even though you'll hear me talking about it, if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts, I probably talk about it in the earlier podcasts, yet I still have to remind myself about it now when I put myself through hell and like stress and no sleep and whatever, is the actual reality of the situation is nowhere near as bad as the thought about the thought of the situation. Yeah. So like, if you're, so if you're like, oh, this is going to go terribly. This is not how I wanted it to go. The reality is, it isn't as bad as that. And like the the um, and sometimes you'll be like, well, what's going to happen? Like I'm worry. You worry about every eventuality. But reality is, what happens happens. Sure. You can't spend time worrying about what might happen because what what will be will be. You know. I always say it, it is what it is, right? Because it is. Yeah. yeah. You just got. to... Do you know what I mean? You it just, is what uh, it is. You just got to. Go on with it, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said that in Big Brother? In Big Brother, yeah. Big brother. I think what it Trump's ex-wife yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good question, referee Stevens. Um. So. Um. I forgot we were doing a uh, mailbag episode. Okay, so some more questions. Um. Here's a good one. I've got a good one. Okay, so go on. From uh, Matt Dagnall, again, actually. You can't just keep asking these questions. <laughs> do you get concerned by other promotions running York Court and the rumours WWE was going to do a takeover there? Um, you know what, right? I'm not going to lie and say I did at first, um, as we discussed. Like, again, I, I'm not... I'm not... Fu- like, a, how to put this? Um, so, I think I, I grew up in an age of wrestling where whereby everyone respected, no one went into other people's venues, no one really went into other people's towns without checking with them. No. Um, but obviously I'm aware the world has changed completely. Um, but, um, so I guess like at first I was like, oh, they're running my venue, especially the work that I put in to get wrestling back into your call. Um, stuff um, like, for example, the first Eve show, having that balcony dive, that bothered me a lot. And I think that anyone who can't see why that wouldn't be an issue, um, just I, I can understand the rebellious. Yeah, we're gonna do what we want, nature. But the reality of the situation is. Yeah, it, well, it's all fun and games till someone loses an eye, yeah. isn't it? And <laughs> and and then as a result of them losing that eye, the venue disappears. Do you know what I mean? So like, I think there's there's a there should be a responsibility upon the shoulders of whoever's running. Uh, a wrestling show but that goes for anything so you know if something like that happened uh, and someone got hurt and that became a, a major news story then wrestling is going to be blackballed in more than one venue isn't it so um, you know venues around the country are going to be like oh we can't have any of that wrestling because that's where th- this happens that's where that happens yeah um, now um, again like I'm if, in a different day and age so that, you know like I said like I'm from the day and age where you didn't run other people's venues um etc um but that was a day and age when your main source of advertising was going around the local town center and putting posters up everywhere so 
if there were two shows going on in the same venue, you're automatically conflicting with one another because you're competing for poster space in the local high street. But now the majority of stuff is advertised on this wonderful thing called the internet. So there's not that concern anymore. And I always questioned, but I was always, you know, bought into that mentality of, you know, you can run, you can't run other people's venues. But I always questioned and said, like, and I, I recognize wrestling is a very unique form of entertainment. But there's always a question. Uh, there's always a thing of like, in any industry, if uh, if there's a nightclub go- night going on, in a, in the town, someone comes in and puts on a competing nightclub night, the same night, it just happens. You get on with it. In the same in the same vein as someone puts on a uh, you know someone someone comes in with a big act in the nightclub one week they might some there's another nightclub night in that same nightclub the next week you know like yeah so I know wrestling's a unique form of entertainment I know it's a niche but again it's it's very much like a, to me it's more about the um, the branding you know so um, so for example you've had World of Sport in there you've had Eve in there you've had Fight Forever Wrestling in there. Um, You've had Rev Pro in there, but Rev Pro show different show looks different to all the other shows in there, and is very clearly a Revolution Pro Wrestling show. Um, so I think as long as they're not trying to create brand confusion, then whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. a it's a free world. Well, you've pro- you've kind of you kind of squashed your own, f- not your own. You haven't squashed your own fears, but your own anxieties about it because you've proved that it's not actually proved to be an issue. No, you know you've still. You're still selling out York Hall even after Fight Forever's gone there. Yeah, so you had Fight Forever there in December. You had York Hall in there like the week after me, and we still sold York it Hall. out. World of Sport. World of Sport there the week week yeah. after. We st- or week before, sorry. Yeah. And we still sold it out the week after. So, you know, it just... Uh, Was there sold out? I don't know. I didn't no, it, it wasn't sold out, no. Um, so, um, so, yeah. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's Again, it's not... It's not ideal, no. but it, it's just one of those things, you know. Um, and uh, all I'd say is, um, you know, if I, I'm sure that if I decided to run other people's venues, like if I decided to call the Electric Ballroom in Camden, um, <laughs> then people <laughs> would be going nuts at me, being like, "You can't do that." Um, so just remember that when you're being horrible at me for being like, "Ha ha, look at Rev Pro, like other people running their venue." <laughs> <laughs> um, and in regards to WWE, again, same thing. Um, they're obviously not doing it. The dates they had uh, penciled in with York Hall was the April dates. So they're doing in Glasgow now. So, um, so yeah. So I guess they decided to go elsewhere. But again, same thing. You know, like if they if they run there, they run there. You know, it's just we just keep moving on. What's the, what difference is it if they run York Hall or Albert Hall? You know, obviously, a few thousand people difference, but. You know what? Do like what difference is it? London's London. Yeah. You know. Um. So it just you know, again, Andy, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um. So yeah. Cool. Do you want to do? Do you ask another one? You're getting really good at asking these questions. So. Well, only because I've got them to hand. They're on my notifications. Um. All right. This is from Matt. You used to train with us, Pro Res Matthew, on Twitter. (laughs) When was the moment you both decided you had to get into wrestling? Do we do that one first? Yeah, um, go on. Well, I know mine. Well, I told my mum when in like year nine, I wasn't going to pursue education <laughs> beyond GCSEs. And you're left with no other choice. That was it. That, but it worked. Like I'm not saying it worked out great, but like, yeah, I kind of had no choice. I'm a completely 
Uh, and especially, funny enough, I'm a bit sniffly now. I got glandular fever throughout my uh, throughout my GCSEs, so I didn't get any GCSEs. Oh, that's either. a brilliant excuse, isn't it? So um, yeah, I had to. I had to get into wrestling. I had to throw myself into it. Um, but at the, at the same time, I was talking to Tommy about this the other day. Tommy Stevens, he's getting a lot of airtime today. Uh, I was explaining to him how one of our mutual, uh, old mutual friends, <laughs> said once. Yeah, well, you're only as successful in wrestling because your mum and dad supported you. And I was like, well, that's not my fault. Do you know what I mean? I was just lucky, you know? Like, we meet well, something. We can say that with, with any form with, of life. With anything, we? yeah, I yeah. guess you're right. So we have a young lad who comes down the training school. He's 16, very, very talented. And his mum comes every Saturday, watch, sits throughout the class, and just supports him. I talked to her at the end of the class on Saturday. She said, oh, we just, you know, he just loves this, Andy. He wants to do this as a job, you know, whatever way he can. But he, again, my point is, like, his mother's very supportive. Um, and But then on the other hand, I think I mentioned this before, there was a time when I wrestled someone in Wales. You were at the show. And he said, and he had to go on first because his dad was waiting for him in the car. He was like, oh, I think, that he, my dad thinks this is stupid, so... <laughs> he lets it, it like who let me do my match and then as I'm gonna go as long as I'm in bed by half ten. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, but that's the completely opposite end of the spectrum. So to so the question was when I knew I had to was when I decided when I when it, when I had to when it actually had to I had to make a go of it and you know I guess after these twenty years not doing too bad. Um, so for me, what was the, what was the actual wording of the question? Uh, it was. Because uh, when was the moment you you both decided you had had in capital letters had to get into wrestling? So like I knew that I needed to be involved in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. When I decided I had to book wrestling shows, I can't remember the exact moment, but I remember just being so frustrated by uh, some of the decisions that FWA made and thinking. Like because again, I've I've spoken about you know like I've I've had to like I've always had this uh, this uh, desire to I- even fr- from a very very young age to better the the standards of wrestling in in our country, um, and that that dates back to the first UK wrestling shows I watched, with, uh, which I spoke about time and time again with rickety old rings. You know, sometimes you'd get tribute acts, sometimes you'd get wrestlers who just weren't very good, very slow style of wrestling, etc. Um, people masquerading as WWE people, WWE names, which weren't anything like the WWE wrestlers. Um, so... What you mean, uh, like the Rock and so Roll like Express? The Rock and Roll Express, right, yeah, okay. which was Blondie Barrett. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with Blondie Barrett. I like him a lot. And, like, he was one of the most entertaining parts of the show, but I went to the show expecting to see... The Rock and Ricky Roll and Express, Robert. Yeah. Ricky and Robert, yeah. But I, I gave because I was such a wrestling fan. Like I, um, I was like, okay, that's fine. Like I can, I can, I can yeah. deal with that. Yeah, you let you know, it go. Let it go. I let that one go. You know, and everything was like that. But I said, like one of the first shows. I remember one of the first, like maybe it wasn't one of the first shows I went to, but maybe in the first couple of years of attending shows, I managed to get maybe ten of my mates to get maybe even more. Like. Uh, and it was at South End Tennis and Leisure Centre, and we got the front row, the whole front row, so whatever that was, the whole front row, we booked those tickets. Yep. The next show, one person came back to with me. The right, next show, okay. no people came back with me, you know? And um, and it was because 
it just wasn't. You can you can kid yourself as a wrestling fan as much as you like, but it just wasn't high enough quality to captivate people. Like it was always about. Um, you're really hindering this podcast today, aren't you? You've just got a phone ringing. It's the wife. Tell her you're recording the podcast. Should we put her life yeah, put, on there? Oh, I don't know about that. Come on. Okay, so now you've finished being shouted at. Um, you all right? Yep. You look like you're crying. No, it's fine. Okay? Yeah, no, yeah. she was actually being nice. Um, oh, is that why you're crying? <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, as I was saying, um, yeah, so the, 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 the fans that came to the shows with me or my friends that came to the shows with me got smaller and smaller and smaller uh, and I was still a cool dude, you know, so it wasn't hanging out with me was the issue. If I, if I said, do you want to go for a kickabout at the park? I could get a squad together, right? But if I was like, do you want to come to the wrestling <laughs> with me? Nah, we yeah. were right now, right? Because it wasn't what they watched on TV. It was nothing like what they watched on TV. Um, and it just wasn't a high standard. Like, sorry to say it, it just wasn't. Like, And there were certain people on the shows who were of a high standard. Anytime you saw James Mason wrestle, anytime you saw Robbie Brookside wrestle, you know, Steve Gray, Mal Sanders, um, Drew McDonald, you know, those guys were like, you know, top, top professionals. But then you had a lot of stuff which wasn't so good. And they were also put in environments where it was very hard for them to do their job, like with rings which just weren't suitable for, for wrestling, you know, sure. and stuff like that. So, um, but anyway, from... Uh, at that point, I was like, I would love to to be able to put on wrestling, not even put, not put on myself, but I'd love to be responsible for, um, you know, upping the quality, upping the standards of British wrestling. And that was as a child, do you know what I mean? Like 12, 13, 14, 15 years old being like, you know, I'd love to just be responsible for upping the standards. And you had like, obviously, at the time, there's a, do you remember the old simulate extreme warfare and... Uh, Oh, I forget what the other oh, one what, was those, called. Um, Simulators, where you book your own wrestling shows. Like, wrestling, like football, football manager, manager, but for wrestling. Okay. Yeah. So um, you, there was stuff like that. And I was, I was always like, oh, you know, this is like, I could do this. I could run these shows. But I was like, from that moment, I've always been like, I think I feel that that's almost changed my, changed the direction that I was going in. And it was almost like, you know, my my mission statement in life now is to up the standards of British wrestling. Um, and then from having to book and run shows is just, uh, well, the running shows was a necess- necessity, but like the booking of shows, really wanting to do that and needing to do that was just based upon the frustration I had when FWA had all these pieces of the puzzle and were just putting them in the wrong holes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, uh, and they were like nice new shiny toys for them to play with and they were just, co- they weren't, they weren't concentrating on them. They weren't using them in the, the right way. So that's where I kind of felt like I needed to. But then, again, that was in a similar vein of, um, you know, wanting to up the standards and wanting to keep moving forward and progress it forward. So, um, so yeah, that's where my need came. There you go. Yeah. Right. Next. We should turn definitely really Well, question. I thought we decided that you were going to go through the questions. Well, that was the ones I got. Oh, uh, okay. So. Um, so I got this one. Yeah. Jonathan Richardson. Hi, Andy. A question for your mailbag. How do you feel about your TV show on Free Sports? What went well? What didn't? What would you change? Will we see another project in the future for RevPro on TV? Um, so, my long and short of it is, um, so how do I feel about it? Um, so, I thought, given the time restraints we had in putting it together and the restrictions we had in putting it together, I think it came across very well. Um, and for a first try... I think it was fine. But as with everything I do, like I look at it through as a, a critique 
um, as a critic, and uh, I'm not, I'm obviously not happy with it a hundred percent and there's lots of stuff that I would change about it. Some of the stuff that I would change about it I had no control over at all at the time, so it physically wouldn't be possible to go back and change it. But then there's stuff where I would change. So for example there's one episode where you have two disqualification finishes back to back where whereby because I was writing um eight weeks of T V in essentially two weeks because um, that's all it was, um, and originally it was going to be four weeks of two-hour episodes, which I pretty much had down, and then all of a sudden it turns into eight one-hour episodes, which I wanted in the first place, and I would have preferred to have done in the first place, so you're having to rewrite everything, and it really flips everything on its head. Um, you're looking, it's very hard to explain, but when you're, when you're looking, when you stare at something for a long amount of time, you don't see the mistake all the time. Well, it's like when you right. read it, it's when you proofread something. Exactly. And you miss a word out. I do all the style yeah. on, like, tweets and stuff. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So it's, it's very similar to that. That's yeah. the best way I can put it. Because you're looking at it all. And I knew, as soon as the show happened, and there was those finishes back-to-back, I was like, that was a mistake. If I had more control in the production, the post-production process, I would have switched some of the matches around. So there wasn't that two DQs back-to-back. Because it didn't really flow as well as it should have because of that. And I was when that was on the telly, I was like dreading it happening. I was like, oh! And then uh, obviously the edit job on the last show was uh, not very good either. With the, uh, the, There's a couple of rickets from the ring announcer left in. <laughs> and also there was uh, the, obviously the music playing, <laughs> which just wasn't edited out. And obviously if I, if I had control of that, I would have edited that out. Um, stuff that I would have changed if I had control over it, um, there was supposed to be a lot more um, character stuff. So, um, for example, um, all the tag teams filmed pre-tapes. Of course they did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so they were all like 30-second pre-tapes, and it was like going to be like old-school WWF style, you know, with the, the picture-in-picture with the box. But oh, it'd be right, like, okay. so the first team would come out, so it'd be like, a, I don't know, like um, Aussie Open would come out for their first match, and then... As they're coming out, the picture-in-picture screen will come up and it will introduce who they are. Just as another way of introducing them, because obviously we couldn't have pieces introducing everyone. Um, And uh, and then there was other things such as um, I wanted to do... uh, So the Curtis Chapman-David Starr match was supposed to be a bigger deal. Um, We were supposed to to have sit-downs beforehand. It was supposed to be very clearly for the Cruiserweight Championship. And that just wound up getting cut out because they said that the... It was too difficult to film the the back and forth. Um, it was supposed to be a better job. Um, so you had the introduction to Colt Cabana bit. There was also supposed to be a uh, uh, an introduction to James Mason bit, which I wanted to film at a cafe, um, a cafe across the road. And they were just like, oh no, they just didn't want to do it. Oh really? Um, so okay. So I like, uh, I didn't know that. so okay. like it's supposed to be like James because James is like a. You know, like he was going to get him across as like, it's a normal you know, bloke. The, yeah, but the yeah. working, the working man's British wrestler. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Having a cup of tea down uh-huh. the cafe, yeah, yeah. talking about some of his uh, best matches and you know his times, like sure. in wrestling and, and what he wants to achieve. So just stuff like that and more, more pieces like that, really. Um, so that's what I probably would have changed. Um, also, I didn't like the confusion again. And, and again, if I, this is my fault because I went into it blind, really. But like a the world of pro wrestling thing, I didn't like at all. Um, and, and the name was when when we did the tapings, the name was fine. I was like, okay, it's fine. But like a so initially when we when we discussed it, like it was spoken to me. I think I discussed it in the the TV. We did a TV episode 
a few months ago if you listen to it so like it was sold to me as um so it was obviously investors um involved um and it was sold to me as um so it'd be rev pro but the which is obviously you're you're not going to want to sign over and rights to the name rev pro but there's going to be a tv station there's going to be a tv program name which we're all going to own so it'd be the you know all the partners all the investors in the, the show will own the, the tv name so i'm th- and, th- and it was explained to me like Monday Night Raw. So it's still WWE, but it's WWE Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw will be the franchise which is retained by all the parties yep. that are involved. Um, and they were like, we, you know, we need to come up with a name at short note. You know, uh, we need to come up with a name, whatever. Um, and uh, then it was just dropped into conversation that, oh, yeah, the show name's going to be called World of Pro Wrestling. And I was like, oh, this is the worst. And I tried to get it changed, and I just couldn't get it changed. And like, a, and one of the reasons they wanted to call it World of Pro Wrestling was because they thought it would create brand confusion with World of Sport Wrestling, which I was just like, well, that's the last thing you want to do because we're nothing like World of Sport Wrestling, which has not done very well at all. And they're like, you know, there's a million viewers watching World of Sport. I was like, well, there was on the first episode. It's gone down every week. And on top of that, um, it's uh, um, there's only that many viewers because... It's on ITV, where at any given time, there's that many viewers watching ITV. Do you know, like no matter what's on, no matter what's on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're fans of the product, and like we we want to create an alternative, um, but you know that kind of fell on deaf ears, and then it kind of it became apparent to me that I guess they wanted to essentially use Revolution Pro Wrestling to create a new wrestling promotion called World of Pro Wrestling, which I guess is where the confusion came in um and essentially i knew it was dead in the water before it even aired because um they'd asked me to sign a non-disclosure agreement before the first episode um which i was told wasn't airing when it was supposed to air when it when it actually did air um and i was asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement which i didn't sign which is why i'm talking about it now (laughs) (laughs) Um, and in that non-disclosure agreement it included a no compete which was like it said something like if we like if we part ways, so the world of pro wrestling show and Revolution Pro Wrestling part ways, then Revolution Pro Wrestling couldn't compete in an uh, area of business the same as World of Pro Wrestling for five years, right? And that's like a long time anyway. But the fact that it's like what's cons- what would constitute you know being in the same business, running a TV show or running a wrestling show? Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I wouldn't put that restriction on myself. Um, and then uh, and then that's when I was told like a. Uh, you know, like if you don't sign this, then it's going to have to be, we're going to have to delay the airing of a TV show for a month. So I said, fine, no problem. You know, um, and obviously it aired, and I literally haven't really spoken to the the investor since then. Um, and um, so I knew, so obviously I knew that when we started, it was going to be the end of it. But also that meant that we couldn't advertise the TV show because we never knew, we realistically never knew when it was going to start airing so we couldn't advertise it. Right. Um, and I think that also I probably would have, uh, you know, taken more time, for sure taken more time with the actual putting together of the first show but they kept saying, you know, um, someone's got to make the first, like in terms of like the show itself, we, we obviously ran that two nights at York Hall with three weeks notice or two and a half weeks notice, right? It's no mean feat, <laughs> you know, booking all your guys, Booking the show, like writing the shows, yeah. putting the shows together, paying for the show, try, paying for the show, trying to get. Like, obviously, they pay, pay, paid for production, but we still paid for the venue. We still paid for all the wrestlers, you know, um, and we had to rely on ticket sales to cover that, which obviously they didn't. So it was kind of like a, uh, it was almost like a leap of faith from our end um, 
but we were going to make it happen and we put our best foot forward because like we, I could have done it in a way to save money by not putting any of the New Japan guys on the shows by you know cutting costs by using less wrestlers etc but I wanted to make the best first impression possible um, and I believe we did that given the, the constraints we had but um, and you know like bringing Kevin Kelly in for example like that was me I paid for that not not of a TV. That wasn't a production. That wasn't a production cost. cost no. Um, so, um, so yeah. So I guess uh, you know I wouldn't have been as rushed to do that if if I knew the way it was going to play out. Well, if I knew the way it was going to play out, I probably wouldn't have bothered at all. But like, uh, you know, I I think I would have, um, you know, I would have liked to have taken more time. Like had two, three months to promote this thing and build towards it, and then also know exactly when it was going to air because. Just looking at, just for example, like when we send an e-shot out about our um, about our wrestling shows, we, you know, like about our ticket pre-sales, for example, you know, thousands of people get that. One line on the bottom saying, and don't forget, Revolution Pro Wrestling is live on free sports this date at this time. Yeah. You know, um, we were running, it was in the middle of the summer it started airing. We were at, um, you know, we were at Button Leisure every week in Selsey, you know. Min- like probably average, I don't know, you'd thousand, like at least a thousand people every single week, more than that, oh, more you know, that, yeah. maybe fifteen hundred people every single week at Bun Leisure, and uh, we could have been advertising to all those people. We were on the telly at this time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, like yeah. We couldn't do that because we didn't know when it was going to air. Like, uh, and like, uh, you could put ads in our on-demand service and and all of that stuff. But um, so I think that you know, and and like posters around towns, so, like literally, like w- dating back to when IPW was on the Wrestling Channel, we used to put like. Watch IPW on the wrestling channel Fridays at 10 p.m. Oh yeah, of course. On the bottom yeah, of the yeah. poster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we could have put that on all the posters, all the flyers for our shows. So you know, we, I I would have advertised that the shows were happening. That's a, you know that's a big change I, I would have made as well. And I would have also made sure that there were con- there was content for the TV station, like be it adverts to put out during the week, um, be it stuff to put on their Twitter, social media. But what was happening was the TV station were messaging me on the Friday, being like, "Have you got anything to advertise the show?" And I was just trying to scrabble together anything I could to to send to them. Um, and like I say, I've not had any direct conversations with the TV stations since or before or really during at all like I've not really spoken to a TV station at all like I've literally spoken to the investor who I've not spoken to since before the first episode aired and I've uh, so I've really spoken to no one <laughs> so um, so uh, so yeah and then I guess in answer to the question would, would we do it again would we would we venture into TV again I think the answer is yes again if it was a if it was a right deal like I don't think that you know, in my head, I was like, well, if I ever did it, I'd want to do it properly. I wouldn't want to just go in with the same level of production we had. And the reason why this deal was attractive for me was because I loved the idea of, you know, having all that production taken care of. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so that was kind of my thought process behind it. But, you know, um, if we were to do it, you know, it's, again, it's important that you make the right deal. Um and not be a mark for the fact that it's television, woo, yeah, it you know, it makes no yeah. difference. Like, it literally made no difference. That, like, it was just an expensive experiment <laughs> <laughs> that that wound up being. Um, but, you know, if, I, if you said, would I do the exact same thing? Like, you know, would I change anything? No, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't go back and say, like, oh, don't make that decision, because I'm glad that we did it, because we all got that experience. I learned how to write TV, you know. I learned how to, you know, put together a, a good show, and I've learned... I've learned lessons that if I were to, to tackle this again, you know, I think I'd do a very good job at it. 
and I think like the job was good enough the first time round. But I think like you know now I think I could really make, and that's what I was most excited about coming off the first set of tapings. And you, anyone who I spoke to coming off that first set of tapings, you know, I was buzzing about the next set because we could address those issues. And you know, when you know how everything works, yeah, you know, you can make everything a you know, progress forwards a lot nicer. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I'm very happy for the lessons learned. Um, and, you know, if I, if I were to do it again, I'd never rule it out. But if we were to do TV again, it would need to be the right set of circumstances for sure. Um, so we're still open for bidders if anyone wants to come <laughs> talk to us. We do it for uh, a third of the money that WWE are doing. So if anyone wants, uh, you know, Fox, you know, if you're listening, you know, We'll do it cheaper. We do it for one billion instead of <coughs> four, <laughs> whatever, you're, whatever you're paying. Um, so yeah. Okay. So next, uh, the brothers or ask is a wobi good? Oh I yeah, can't I make up my mind. What is a wobi? I was trying to work out. It's obviously an abbreviation or something, is it? Nope. Oh, what's a wobi then? He's talking about Alex Awobi, the Arsenal football player. Oh, okay. Thank I was God. Like he tried, this man here tried to have a f- football conversation with Tony Khan the other day. It was <laughs> embarrassing. Um, uh, <laughs> Luckily, it was brief. Uh, the answer, yeah, limited to, yeah, yeah. Um, the answer is a way being, I believe he is good. Yeah, I think he's, he's only 22 years of age. And in my football manager games, he goes on to become world class. And if that's anything to go by, yes, Alex Awobi is very good. Um, final ball, not always the best, but he's a young player. So, And I think people forget how young he is based upon how long he's been around. So do I give Alex Awobi my vote of confidence? Absolutely. Frustrating at times, maybe, but mm. he's a very good player. Yeah, lots of yeah. Lots of energy. Um, lots of energy uh, kind of a takes players on um, and makes those valuable runs finds pockets of space that's what we that's what we need um, so yeah Alex Awobi thumbs up from me okay? okay cool what do you think yeah he's good yeah takes players on um, Aiden Dalby yeah would like to know what is your favourite gimmick match head of the cell do you think yeah how is it not everyone yeah What's yours? Uh, Just catches catch can. Yeah, Sumo straight match. up, straight up, straight up singles match. Your favourite match was Earthquake versus Yokozuna. The Sumo <laughs> match. Was yeah, hell of a match. Uh, as a child, I used to love a fucking. Oh <laughs> 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 I used to love a casket match as a child. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I really did. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know yeah. why they were terrible, but like, uh, I used to love one. I had a, I had a. Um, my mum made me one out of a Kleenex tissue box, yep. um, a, a c- casket to sit on the side of a ring, and we had like a red piece of cloth that we put inside the box yeah, yeah. To, for the lining yeah, of yeah. it. And I'd have my own casket matches in my territory. Okay. So it's remarkable there's never been one in Revolution Pro Wrestling, really, isn't it? I don't know. Is it, would, it, would it be considered within the realms of decency nowadays? I don't Probably know. not, actually, would it? I, don't, I doubt it. No. It's, I mean not really, it's not really that. I think maybe, oh, I don't know, I want to say like maybe Stu Allen's done one. But maybe you know, like the e- EWW. Yeah, maybe. But who knows? But within recent years, I mean. Yeah. Um, but it fits them to a T, you know, extreme world wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but so I like that match. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I th- you have a good point. That, like you know, Undertaker versus Kamala. You had to pin him first and then put him in there, and that's yeah. a coffin match. Yeah. As opposed to a casket match or a casket Yokozuna. match. Yokozuna. Keep calling it. 
Well, that's the way they're pronouncing on the telly, isn't it? Yeah. Yokozuna versus Undertaker. That was a good one. Which one? The one, the first one where he lost. Oh, okay. Where yeah. all the bad guys run down and beat him up. Yeah. That oh, was like a scene. Chuck Norris. Do you know what that reminded me of? Go on. Right. That reminded me of a scene from, uh, is it Mr. Nanny, when Hulk Hogan has a nightmare that he's getting beaten up by all the wrestlers? Yeah, I think it's the opening of the film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that, yeah. that reminds me of that scene. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, because all the wrestlers come out and beat up Undertaker. Oh, that's where they got the idea from. Maybe. Yeah. Hell of a film. And then I think they did that with every post-Undertaker casket match <laughs> ever, didn't they? If he was going to lose. Yeah. Everyone, they did it again. I'm sure they did. Um, they they did it in Buried Alive match. Yeah, but no, I'm sure they did it in another casket match for a couple of years later. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a very life match. Um, right. So, uh, was Austin <coughs> Aries a mystery man for high stakes that you talked of last week? This is Matt, who's asking way too many questions. Yeah. And uh, No, we welcome him. Bring him we on, wel- Matt. Bring him on. Bring him on, kid. Um, the answer is... <gasps> the answer is no. Yeah. It's not a bad guess. I've had many people guessing I've had people names, message me asking as well. And I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. So, um, I'll only tell... No, I'm not going to tell you. Um, not today. Not today. Maybe in a year or so's time. Matt, again, was Star going to go over Kushida? Rolls eyes emoji, I think I'd reply to that one. Okay. <laughs> um, Liam, where has Free Match Friday gone? It's gone, Liam. I'm sorry. Um, basically, it just wasn't creating the traction we would like. Okay. So, so it's gone. Um, we need to think of other ways to get free content, such as, um, for example, at the moment, we've got our uh, our seven-day free trial on rpwondemand.com. Um, so that's a way to get some free content. But free match fr- Friday wasn't really, uh, you know, not enough people were watching it to warrant the time that was going into picking the matches and whatever, filming those 10-second pieces. Was it enough? Was enough shares, but like you know, shares, and then like on top of that, it wasn't then relating bottom line business to people then subscribing to the on demand service. So that's uh, unfortunately the reality of the situation. And I've said time and time again, I'm all about um, I'm kind of spinning plates. I do a lot of stuff um, and do a lot of stuff and things. And uh, you know, if something doesn't work, we have to prioritize something else in terms of making stuff happen. So. Um, if, if there's something you like, support it, spread the word, I guess is the message. Um, right, we're speeding through these. Uh, Michael Brady asked, Kid Cash versus Martin Stone at the Orpington Halls. Was it planned to go down like that? And any other experiences of audiences leaving out of fear? So, for those of you who don't know, so I don't remember anyone... Let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. So... Those of you who don't know, so Kid Cash versus Martin Stone is a match that happened on an IPW show in Orpington. Can't remember the year. What would you say? 2007. 2007. He says with certainty, like the Rain Man. It was. Um, so, Kid Cash. Um, Martin Stone was a beloved babyface. Everyone loved him. Champion. He was a champion. Probably at the time. No, I don't think he was. Oh, was he not? Because JC Thunder beat me and I beat JC and Martin didn't win it back to 2008. Okay, so maybe he wasn't the champion. But former champion, but he was like the... um, No, maybe it was 2006. Was I on crutches at the time? I don't know, mate. No, I wasn't. No, no, no. no, no. Don't state facts if you're not sure. 2007, He just states facts, shuts his eyes and (laughs) off he he goes. But anyway... 2007. Anyway, uh, Martin Stone, the cornerstone of IPW, beloved hero. Kid Cash comes in. He's rolling his eyes again. <laughs> Kid Cash comes in. Kid Cash comes in, and um, and he's a big heel, big villain. Um, and we always used to joke, it's real in Orpington, right? And that night, it really was real in Orpington. Like everyone, 
backed Martin Stone against this nasty, vile human being, Kid Cash, um, who did a, a textbook job of being a heel on that evening. But do you remember where the, where the heel heat for Cash came from? He uh, a, a one PW, a one PW show. So he was being. Davies so he was. Like, he didn't smash the cat. Like so, at the one PW show, he was a heel, and he grabbed her camera and threw it on the floor. He didn't smack, like, I guess folklore will tell you he stood, stomped on it, and it was broken beyond repair, but it wasn't broken. And he grabbed the camera, or, gra or maybe, he did, I don't even know he got it off her, but I know it was around her neck, and he kind of grabbed hold of it. And he was just trying to be a heel, right? Um, and people will say he stepped over the line, whatever have you. But I think that was one of the first circumstances where the Brit Res police got involved, you know. Um, I think, would you say that's fair to say? Or is, um, it, is it hard for you to say because you've given up on the podcast? I'm, giving up. Okay, I'm struggling here. Um, that's a great way of putting it. The British Wrestling Police did get involved and it was all forum chat, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was, that's how, because obviously 1PW was in Doncaster, but there was... I don't say there's crossover audience, but there was a there was like a divide. There was like a divide, uh, like a segregation almost, where like they, everyone but everyone knew each other through forum names. So stories spread from Doncaster all the way down to Orpington. Yeah, and that was uh, the first time that, that started to happen, really. Um, so the story got exaggerated from one thing to another, and then like a uh, in the match, Kid Cash was uh, was again textbook heel. Um, and Amy was also photographing at the match. And Kid Cash walked over to her and she screamed and ran away. Yes. And so I guess she was traumatised by the events of 1PW and thought that he was going to try something again. Now, I was referee in the match. Um, I felt that um, he was never going to do anything. He was always in control of what was going on. And I think he was putting in a masterful performance as a professional wrestling heel. But of course, this was at the start of when you weren't allowed to be real heels, you know. Um, and I believe that there was one fantastic moment. Um, so there was a, an old gentleman. Um, was his name? Mr. Was it Mr. Davis? No, Mr. I I Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson, an old gentleman who used to come with his family to every show. Sadly, no longer with us. Um, but he used to come to every single show in the Orpington Halls and he was a fantastic he was like I say like an older gentleman he'd come to every show rain or shine without fail he'd be there everyone knew Mr. Wilson and uh, and I'm smiling just thinking about him being sat there enjoying the wrestling every every time without fail and that's the type of fan that I love you know the real you know just follows the storylines follows the wrestlers and just goes to have a good time nothing more nothing less and uh, and for him, the wrestling provided a great deal of escapism for him, and uh, and he'd go every month. And uh, there was just that moment where uh, Kid Cash got out of his working Martin gets out of the ring, and uh, he goes face to face with Mr. Wilson, <laughs> like he's about to hit him. And then all of a sudden, you get a row of uh, of men, like Orpington men, all stand up side by side oh, really? in front of Mr. Wilson <laughs> okay. to protect him from Kid Cash. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I and that. I was like. And that moment for me was like, this is just, this is what wrestling is. This is real heat. This is what wrestling would be like back in the territory days that they talk about. You know, for where sure. a wrestler can generate so much heat that they want him to be over and done with. You know, like they want, they, they were baying for his blood. And through Martin, they got that. When Martin got the one, two, three, the reaction was, it was, it was comparable to when JC Thunder defeated yourself for the, the IPW championship. Yeah, yeah. And that was the heat that he generated for that match. And that's my memory of the match. Like, I believe all the other stuff was kind of blown out of proportion 
Um, and again, rumour and innuendo will tell you it was a bigger deal than it was. But um, for me, like I think on that evening, Kid Cash was nothing but professional before, during, after the match. And, uh, um, and he was pushing people's buttons. Don't get me wrong, he was pushing people's buttons. But that's what he was doing. He was doing as a heel. It wasn't like he was doing it in a classless way. Like real, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's sad that we have to kind of differentiate. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That was, that yeah. was Kid Cash, not what's his real David, isn't it? Yeah. That was Kid Cash, not David Cash. You yeah. Know? And uh, and wow, yeah. Like I say, I remember that that heat was something else. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Kid Cash was cool, uh, and and. And, uh, and not to shatter the illusion, because again, like you keep that magic alive. But since it was, well, in 2019, <laughs> it was 12 years ago. I wrestled Kid Cash. It was my first match back from uh, breaking my ankle, and it was me and Aviv Mayan against Kid Cash and Johnny Storm. And Cash couldn't have been cooler to me. Like looked after me, you know. Uh, he'd actually broken both his ankles. I think uh, you've, so you've sold this story. Have I really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he couldn't have been cooler. So you know, for anyone who will say Kid Cash is a bad person, maybe he is, but he certainly wasn't. Well, I, I just like, but again, but again, I think it's just again, just that rumor and innuendo, and it's almost like you take people on the way you deal with them as as people, not the way other people deal with them. Don't prejudge people. That's my, just you know, my philosophy you, in, yeah. in life is like you know, you don't prejudge people, you know, and I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They prejudge people based on old wives' tales, based on rumors, based on innuendo. I think judge people on face value, um, and. Uh, and yeah, and I think that um, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because when people try to be heels, because of a world we live in these days, if you're being a heel, is constituted as you're a terrible person. And, you, and again, there's a, there's a difference. Yeah, yeah well, I've got I've got a, a, not a counter argument, but like I've seen comments on show, on 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 tweets and stuff. So so I've seen tweets about uh, where other people in the audience have said, "Can't believe." There was a couple of guys being so disrespectful towards so and so and so and so. They were calling him this and that, but that's what that's what you want. That's heat. That's right. heat. That's it. I don't care whether like I I I. It's Triple H, is it right in Wrestling with Shadows when he says I do my little bow and they're like yeah, boo yeah, yeah. and I'm like yeah. It's still exactly the same presentation. With don't be scared to sh- sit there and uh, I was, I, again I think I saw a Facebook thing the other day or maybe a little while ago but it was kind of like oh to the person who called me this and called me that you shouldn't come to wrestling anymore and I was going to respond actually but again I just uh, I choose my battles um, and it was just like cool if someone said that to me I'd love it I'd relish it yeah it's almost like a yeah <laughs> it's for wrestlers and fans it's almost like yes yeah, you know it for, is. for it's fans like yeah. if, if the fans like boo. I don't like your wrestling character, but just to confirm, that's <laughs> saying nothing negative about you as a human being in general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's something that, again, is, you know, is, uh, is hard, isn't it? You know, that line, you know, where is that line? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you're watching any decent professional, don't feel like you can't boo them because they fully understand. Yeah. Uh, they want that reaction. They want that reaction, um, yeah, that's it. So yeah, and I think, and that's where I don't know, but there you go. Um, don't work yourselves as a, as as wrestling fans. Don't work yourselves. Yeah. Because it, by 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 almost trying to overread and overanalyze everything, 
oh, that person did something horrible in the ring, so that makes them a bad, bad person in real life. You're working yourselves and you're and like saying, like, I can't enjoy this match because I don't like this person as a human being when you don't know this person at all, you know? Like, I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a hard one. And obviously, I'm sure there's some justified um, ones. It's every, every situation is different, but more and more you're getting... Uh, it's almost like, I can't enjoy this wrestler's match unless I appreciate them as a person on Twitter, unless they post nice cat pictures or nice dog pictures. Yeah. Or, you know, nice to be at the merchandise nice table. Nice to be at the merchandise table, yeah. Like, it's, it's very hard, you know? So it's, like, so it's almost like, I won't even boo this person because they were horrible to me at the merchandise table, so I'm not going to give them the reaction they desired, because they, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's Probably. almost, yeah, yeah it's, it's a hard one. Um, so don't work yourselves. Just enjoy it for what it is. And the same applies to the wrestlers. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like the ones going, oh, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the wrestlers are worse. Um, okay. Uh, when are you booking Andy versus Bob Holly? Soon, I hope. Um, Connor would like to know, best advice for a new dad? Uh, to make sure you do everything as you're told by your wife or girlfriend. Yeah, just, yeah. just do as you're told. Walk happy straight, wife, happy life. Walk the straight and narrow, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No don't forget the Bodgella. Yeah, don't forget Yeah. yeah. Don't forget that. Um, and uh, just, uh, yeah, just you're going to take a lot of SHIT. Yeah. Just be prepared. Take it. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Don't chat shit, Connor, because we know what you've said. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as Stephen Sutton, as British wrestling is in another boom period, is it time for all promotions to end this rivalry between promotions? What rivalry? I d- again, yeah. this is like a... I believe that it's been made up in fans' heads yeah. that everyone's at war with one another. Say, this isn't the Monday Night Wars anymore. No. You know, not even that era. But I mean, like you could uh, you could obviously argue WWF and WCW were at war and ECW was kind of on the fringe of that war where they were kind of getting wrestlers taken away from yeah. them. They were but a casualty of war. The casualty of the war. But like, there's, there is no war. You just, no. uh, if you associate with each other, you do. If you don't, you don't. You know, like we hire our, you, so you run RevPro, you know, you own a wrestling ring that you hire out to other wrestling. Absolutely, you yeah. Know, like that's it, yeah. You, if you wanted to, you could shut every single promotion down by promising them a ring and then not turning <laughs> yeah. up. There is no war. Guys yeah. either work together or they don't. They're like you know, you could sit at a table with uh, anyone and it not be an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a. But I bet Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff could. Well, they probably could have done if they sat and talked about it. But like 1997. Vincent yeah, Bishop probably couldn't sit down at a table together. There is no war. Yeah, absolutely. That I'm aware and of. Anyway. Well, th- like as far as I'm concerned, there's not. And other people might be like, "Oh, I hate Rev Pro," <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. but as there's no issue on my side. Yeah. And I said, there's enough wrestling fans to go around everywhere. Like, and I said, like, and again, I n- I appreciate it's a niche. Again, and I I think that, and I've spoken very vocally about, you know, I think that WWE in the UK, I think they're making a mistake in terms of, again, not. Being at war with them, <laughs> like I feel that um, they make a mistake in a couple of ways. Number one is um, their stockpiling of talent, and this is this applies to WWE in general. Their stockpiling of talent will hinder them long term because when they look to pull other talent from, you, when they look to bring talent up, so you can stockpile the best talent. That's fine, and that's their prerogative to do that, right? But if that talent doesn't reach reach its full potential, then that's hindering them long term, right? Because do you know what I mean? You, there's only so many spots on a show. 
And look at NXT, the amount of guys they've got yeah, yeah. stocked up there, right? And it's like, look at, um, you you won't know, but like uh, Jordan Sancho, right? He's a football player who oh, played, okay. right? Um, uh, I thought you were going to tell me he was NXT's newest signing. Or no, oh, no. God, you're right so he's a football though. player. Yeah. So he played <coughs> for Manchester City. So Manchester City signed him, yep. right? And uh, now he plays for Dortmund, right? And he is, I'm going to Google him now, so... We'll find out how old he is, just so I can. Uh, uh, he's 18 years old, right? So he plays for Borussia Dortmund. Manchester City signed him in 2015, so he's there from 2015 to 2017. Manchester City have the best players in the world, right? If Jordan Sancho had stayed at Manchester City, he wouldn't be playing. In fact, he just wouldn't be playing. Yeah, There's yeah, so okay. many people ahead of him, right? So now. He plays for Borussia Dortmund. 35 games, nine goals, right? Got called up for England recently, and he's a world-class football player. But he would not have been able to fulfil that potential at Manchester City, despite the fact that Manchester City is one of the biggest clubs in the entire world. Yeah, okay. Right? And he'd be playing with world-class players. He needed to spread his wings and, and grow and fly, you know? Um, and And, don't get me wrong, in a few years' time, when he's proven at that level, Manchester City will probably buy him back for a record transfer fee. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Right? But that time is not now. Right? And it's almost like you're stockpiling wrestlers just for the sake of stockpiling wrestlers. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. The industry's not going anywhere. WWE's still the biggest game in town, you know, um, and I think restricting guys from working places as well. So, like, in theory, or, you know, the NXT UK deal um, is wonderful, but then restricting them from working places... If you if your idea so again if your idea is to have a wrestling promotion and you want to keep all the wrestlers exclusive that's one thing but then if your idea is you want to essentially allow your wrestlers to continue performing on the independent level because the theory behind it is that it's going to keep getting them experience and essentially the reason why the UK wrestlers got so good is because of all the matches they were doing so if that's your theory then why restrict them from working from good promotions like myself <laughs> but you know what i mean like yeah, because yeah. you you've it, like they're restrict they're not restricted from working for abc promotions down the down the uh, community center right. right but they 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 are restricted from working against the best wrestlers in the world with paramedics on hand and good production values and good rings and all of that stuff do you know what i mean yep, so like yep, yep. you kind of need to decide what your what your goal is so um so in that respect i think that um you know that's not the smartest of moves but being at war with each other, we no, there's no war. There is no. It's not like we're at war with NXT UK because we're not. It's a completely different thing. And um, there's no war with any other wrestling promotions. And if there is a war with other wrestling promotions, it's from their side. I can tell you that much. And if there is a war with other, if there if, is a, if there is a war with, if you if you if it's a perceived war with wrestling promotions, then that's exactly what it is. A perceived war, which is made up by fans, because it's easy to be like. Oh well, these two both run wrestling promotions. Therefore, they both hate each other. <laughs> sure. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I think that's uh, yeah, I think that's something to bear in mind. Um, but I don't really think there is any of this bitterness or war going on at all. And if it was a war, like you said at the start, it'd be quite laughable because it's not a war, is it? We're fighting over breadcrumbs. Yeah. If it, if it, if that's what it is, you know. Have you got any questions? Uh, okay, so we'll do one more each. Um, let's just keep going. Come on, quickly. Okay. Just Either of you guys yeah. plan on going back to Japan? I've heard nothing but good things about your commentary, which makes me happy. So I just wanted to read that out loud. Okay, cool. 
Uh, got any plans to go back to Japan? Uh, without a doubt, yeah. I don't like like a. Um, I I see. I have a business relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I see that it's. Uh, I loved Japan as a place, and I'd love to go back there. And I see it probably makes sense to, to visit there, on regular occasions. What about you? So I'd like to visit there on regular occasions. So watch this space. Um. So, if you were transported to the fall of 1999 and were tasked to turn WCW around instead of Russo, what moves would you make? And uh, and Ferrara, what what moves would you make uh, to keep that company afloat? Um, so I was actually thinking about this last night because I saw the tweet. Uh, I I hate change, so you'd have kept it exactly the same. No, 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 no. So I'd have just probably just brought back the NWO. I think they did, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but not really. Like Hogan wasn't in it. You know, it was like Brett, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, Jeff Jim Jarrett. Jarrett. Yeah, so. Stevie Ray. <laughs> I think he was in it. No, nah, he was in it before that. The NWO Black. And this is like oh, the NWO okay. Silver, Silver and Black. Black yeah. Which was a cool cut. Oh, Ron and, Ron and Don Harris. Yeah, they were Jeff Jarrett's like henchmen, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I say, I hate change. So I'd always long back, like, he, so when Bret Hart left WWF, it was like, you know, it, it upset me. Like, I didn't cry about it, but I was like, oh my God, like I've said before, it's like, oh my God. But like when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man left the WWF, I was the same. When Scott Horn raised the Ron, I was like, I hate that. I liked everyone where they were. So with WCW, I'd be like, I like the NWO. I'm familiar with this now. Let's just put, bring the NWO back and have them go on a tear again. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Do you know what I'd do? Go on. I would say so in 1999. Yep. I know, like, it's almost like done now, but like, uh, I would have uh, run Canada a lot okay. more because Bret Hart was obviously a huge yep. star mm-hmm. in Canada. They never capitalised on that, really. No. So I would run Canada more, so put that in as a regular loop. Um, I would have focused a lot. I would have got rid of a lot of the crap that they had. I quite liked WCW around that time, but obviously there was so much rubbish there. Um, but they had a good... I think they had a good base. Like For example, like the Natural Born Thrillers, I thought were like a real exciting group of young wrestlers. Um and I liked like Team Canada, um, so I think they had some good. But go- all that like, that so, he, so he says specifically nineteen ninety nine. That was all like a year a later. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I would have. I wouldn't have put the belt on Sid, the Millennium Man. No, no. I think he's good. I would have retained the services of Chris Benoit. Controversial. Um, well, th- like hypothetically speaking, nothing had happened. Yeah, so, yeah I know. I know. Um, uh, but that group, but his group, you know, the Radicals, which obviously left, was it be the year later they left? Like a few months later. Was yeah, it? so January, January 2000. 2000 yeah. yeah. So, like, I would have, those guys there, I would have uh, been very keen to to kind of keep and, and look after. Um, yeah, and just like, I don't know. Like, I think, I probably, it, it's, it's very hard. Like, how do you, it's just such a mess. Like, the whole thing, if you look at it, the whole thing's such a mess. But uh, I think it would have required a big old reset. But like somebody, um, uh, somebody re- replied to Ian's tweet. So he th- I think that's a full episode. Yeah, and maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can use that. Maybe as an we can do that. Yeah. As a fun episode, and like yeah. we can do some research and we can look at the roster at the time and see yeah. what we'd do. And uh, yeah, yeah. and then the fans can judge whose WCW would be better. <laughs> okay, but just, let's uh, do it, yeah. but just pointing out though that I have put forward the business move of we're going to use Canada, attack Canada aggressively. Okay. So. You stay out of my territory. Oh, all right? I'm going to bring them to England. But with Chris Adams, as but England, but England would have worked as well. Like, look at WC. Like, one of the best. You know, they did good business on that 
you know, Nitro and Thunder tapings they did. Was that 2000? That was again? a year later, yeah, yeah. 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 But they also did uh, that, there was that show at the London Arena again, I think. And it was like headlined by the Harris Boys versus, I think, Big yeah. Vito and someone. And it it made Watchdog, didn't it? it was like, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Robinson was getting some complaints about it. Um, so, I've uh, got a videotape. Huh? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, next one. We're, just, we're nearly done. Uh, Owen spoke better, had great matches, and Brett, for all his talent, never actually drew as champion. What if Owen was given Brett's push? Uh, a, a consistent heel, so you don't have to force HBK, Diesel, etc. heel before they had to before they had heat. Nah, I don't agree. I don't agree. But I like uh, you know the numbers don't lie, so I don't know the numbers. Two in guards and like Brett not drawing, but like Owen is champion. Like everyone kind of fantasizes about like oh if only Owen was champion, but like Brett was Brett was a star. Brett was the star. And uh, Brett, he, 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 Brett was the star. He was, he had that personable um, connection with and he was everyone. A world, and he was a worldwide star. And there yeah. was a reason why, when Bret Hart lost the belt, he wasn't supposed to get it back. Do you know? I, well, I don't, I don't know their plans, but you know, rumor and innuendo would suggest he wasn't supposed to get it back. But well, when he lost it, to Yokozuna. So when he lost it, yeah. Okay. Um, but Lex Luger was a chosen guy, wasn't he? Of course, you yeah. know. And uh, but there's a reason why they kept coming back to Bret. Yeah, and that I think to me speaks volumes. Sure. Um, after Diesel, back to Brett. Yeah. Do you know, like, uh-huh. it was against everything in Vince McMahon's moral fibers in terms of like what he looked for in a world champion. Yet he kept coming back to him. There's got to be a reason for that. Do yeah, you know what I mean, but I can't see where a title reign for Owen would fit in either. Like, I know they had that big feud. But like it just would have disrupted but Brett's like, reign. But again, yeah, yeah. But I think like so. You that was probably the only real time you could look at. It. You know, ninety four when he, uh, you know, WrestleMania like WrestleMania ten time. If yeah. if if Owen had won the belt, like you know, shortly after WrestleMania ten, you could see him switching it back. You know, the cage match at SummerSlam, for example, yeah. would have been where they switched it back. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it was. Brett's time, wasn't it? And yeah. I think that the time would have certainly come for Owen. But you don't know because obviously he was doing the Blue Blazer stuff. But yeah. I think if he was, if he had continued to be Owen Hart, I think the time would have eventually come for him. But um, and there's no doubt in his talents and ability. But I think the reality is, the stock which was invested in him wasn't high enough that he would have that. Yeah, I just think he's one of those guys. <coughs> I just think he's one of those guys that was like. And again, I don't know Vince McMahon at all, but like I just imagined him being like, "Oh, we'll, we'll keep Owen." He's talented. Everyone likes him. Yeah. Is he going to be? Is he going to get a world championship push? Unlikely. Yeah. But he was a hell of a talent. Oh, Exceptional well, wrestler. Of course he was. Yeah. Um, okay. Josh Faulkner would like to know where he's, where's he, where he, where's his <laughs> developmental deal with RPW. He bloody deserves one. So. Uh, Have you met Josh? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never, I've never met him. No. Oh, he's. Um, uh, but the reason why he's not got a developmental deal is because he's going through the wrong channels. He's not going through the appropriate channels. He keeps coming through to you. He oh, has okay. no power at all. And you keep saying, you probably keep saying, yeah, yeah, I'll speak to Andy. <laughs> I'll speak to Andy. And uh, now Normally I get this. Oh, do you see Andy? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't reply to my message. Can you talk to him? Yeah, yeah, I'll talk to him. He, but he doesn't talk to me, just for anyone who's asking that. He, des- he deserves an RPW. In fact, he probably deserves a WWE development on contract. Tall. Um... I don't know if he's good looking, Josh, but you know. You can send two Rev Pro regulars to New Japan's Best of Super Juniors. Who's it going to be? Have you got anyone? I'm going to say A-Kid and El Fantasma. Oh, okay. Uh, This is a tough one. 
I'd like to send my friends. But you don't have any friends, I so that's going to be hard, isn't it? Yeah. Come on, five, four, three. I've got nothing. He's got nothing. Well, I want to say Curtis, but like, just doesn't have the doesn't have the size to him, does he? So there's your answer. None. <laughs> Wouldn't send anyone. Um, Joel would like to know biggest perks of working in the wrestling business. There aren't any. I've got loads. Like, doing well, traveling like the world. Oh yeah, tra- yeah, yeah. We've yeah. both been to Japan this year, not yeah. together, <laughs> on <laughs> someone else's dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been uh. But yeah, yeah like I've got uh, to eat so- sushi in a sushi yeah, you bar ate, in Tokyo. You ate sushi once. Well done, mate. Yeah, but my point is, like, <laughs> I never have e- a, I'd never have eaten sushi at Yo Sushi, and B, I probably would never have gone to Tokyo until probably I was a lot older. You know, if, if Lindsay was like, "Oh, why don't we go to Japan?" I'd be like, "Oh, okay." Well, she cool. won't because she just wants to see the set of Ramsey Street. Well, that's it. Yeah, true. So, um, so uh, yeah, I yeah just. Being able to do something you love. And, like, to me, it's not work when you get to watch Pack versus Will Ospreay. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's not a job, is it? You know? Yeah. Like, it's just uh, it's something doing something you enjoy on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's what I have to keep reminding myself. Like, what the, the biggest perk is, I'm doing something I enjoy. And uh, and it, at times it may be stressful, but it's something that I love and something I enjoy. Also, the ability to be able to walk into my storeroom and basically clothe myself for free. God, yeah. It's yeah, not no, really. No, I know it. It's not really for free, but <laughs> because <laughs> I pay for it. But it swallow feels like cost. It, it feels like it's free. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just get swallowed up. You know how it is. Uh. So yeah, I don't think I've owned a wrestling. Sh- I don't think I've owned a t-shirt which isn't a wrestling shirt for a very long time. Um. He also s- says one PW question mark. They can't really. <laughs> It's not really a question, is it? We've done it, uh, you know. Come and, on, Joel. And we could do it, but we could, and we could do an episode on One PW. Have uh, we done? We haven't. Yeah, we definitely have. We definitely haven't. We've told lots of One PW. We've told stories. some One PW stories, but we've not done an episode yeah. on One PW. What we need to do? We need to offer uh, offer someone uh, something, and that what, and all we need them to do is do minutes for each of our episodes and yeah. tell us what we've talked about because we're getting to the point where we've we're not. Like well, we've not done an episode on One PW. You can literally just look at the episode titles. Um, Coyote Kid would like to know what's the daily recommended la- allowance of pepper. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, just taking the piss, mate. I don't know the answer. Well, there you go. Google, Google it. it. <laughs> yeah. um, Adrian would like to know why have you started announcing time limits and then saying, like, five minutes gone is annoying. Sorry it annoys you, Adrian. It's only an issue if you make it an issue. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, so I think that... we. N- I think from now on, I believe... We're going to do 10 minutes gone. Yes. And then 20 minutes gone. If it's a 30 minute time limit, 25. And yeah. then five minutes left. And you don't mean a 30 minute time limit draw. You mean if there's, if there's a 30, 30 minute, minute time, time limit, limit to, the match. to the match. If there's a if there's a 60 minute match, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 55, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah. I think that will be a lot better. Yes. But um, again, I have to reiterate, you're working yourselves. If you don't, if you're... If every time the time is called, you go, boo, you're taken away from the match and you're working yourselves. When we go to new towns, it's not an issue. It's only the towns that you see, like, for example, at the cockpit or York Hall. They're the only places it's really been an issue. So, um, again, I would like to keep it. And... um, and I understand that me saying this will probably make people want to boo even more when the times get called. But the reality of the situation is why? Well, don't ruin it. Just just ignore it. If you don't like it, ignore it. Um, 
for me, it gives us a. I think it's it adds a bit of legitimacy to it when we're doing time limits. There's real time limits, um, and I feel that it also gives us some more tools to play with to make wrestling more fun. Controls the wrestlers as well. Yeah, <laughs> reels them in. Yeah. <coughs> um, so. Uh, so yeah. So I think that's uh, just an important thing. Do you know? Don't like. Just don't let it bother you. Yeah. <laughs> Does. Yeah. Um, Falcon, any interesting fan incident stories? Someone tried to sue me once. <laughs> I don't know if I can talk about that. Not yet. I think I can. We'll get some clearance. Okay, well, it's yeah. an unfounded case, like, basically, yeah. where someone tried to sue me, and then, uh, but they, was a w- they went to a no-win, no-fee lawyer um, and to try and... Um, extort some money from me basically um and they tried and when it didn't work with me they tried with a venue and they tried to didn't work with a venue they tried the security company didn't work with any of the the parties but basically i remember getting the the thing and i literally called them up straight away and i was like what is this and we went through everything on the on the deal and uh and the crazy thing is there's video footage of the of the the incident. There's video footage of this person through to the end of the show. Um, there's documented paperwork. There's there's all kinds of stuff which um, will tell you that the the claim was falsified. Um, yet he still tried it. Um, and um, and when I called up their solicitor again, a no win no no win no fee solicitor, and I said to them, you know what's going on, and they said, well we recommend you don't contact your insurance company. Uh, we recommend you just settle with us out of court. It'll save you money, you know. So just, uh, you know, it costs you this much to claim. Why don't you just settle with us? Yeah, whatever you do, don't don't contact your insurance company. I was like, whatever. Picked up the phone to my insurance company. They were like, okay, we'll deal with it. Yeah. And they dealt with it. And again, well, I obviously had to fill out paperwork and stuff, which was a pain. But again, it was like an unfound. It was just complete, completely ludicrous. But I couldn't, in my wildest dreams, fathom trying to, trying to pull a fast one on someone like you clearly enjoy the shows you clearly yeah, yeah, yeah do you know what i mean like why would you try why would you try something like that and ruin it for everyone Yourself else and everyone yeah. yeah yeah so like uh so yeah so that was um that's my only real fan instant story that i've got for you um you got any get any fights with anyone no nah, not fights there was a time when i had a girlfriend <laughs> I told that one before. No, go on. You remember, I had a girlfriend who used to come monthly to the Hoppington Hall shows. Yeah, but she <laughs> ran away with a fan. <laughs> she ran away with a fan. Have I told that story before? Uh, maybe. Oh, but that's know. a good fan instant story, <laughs> isn't it? Fairly funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think CCK versus Aussie Open at high stakes went well? Mm, no. Um, and again, that was a question probably designed to get a horrible response. I don't know. But... Again, wrestling subjective. Everyone can make up their own mind. Did I like it personally? No, I didn't. Was it what I thought it was going to be? No, it wasn't. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Not everyone has a great match every single night. And that was just one of those nights. And it was just an unfortunate thing. For me, some people enjoyed it, you know? So, um, yeah. And I don't know why people act like I've got any control over... Like, again, well... I do have control over what happens on the shows, but I give wrestlers the freedom to paint their own picture. You do your match. So yeah. it's not my fault. If you didn't like it, it's not my fault. The same way if you liked it, 
it's not my fault. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, not yeah. taking credit for anything. All I do is give wrestlers the canvas to perform on, and and that's the picture they paint is entirely up to them, and the result is completely subjective if you enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy it. So I think that's a, the most eloquent way I c- yeah. can give to answering that one. There you go. Um, uh, what happened to Two Unlimited? Um, they're in Ireland, having a, having a nice time. <laughs> they came back in. They did serve a couple of matches in September, didn't they? Um, and I'm sure we haven't seen the last of them. Um, have you got any more? We're just no, wrapping up. I really haven't. Like I, I, okay. I got four. And or five last, and let me just uh, quickly look at the Facebook. Just see if there's any we've missed. Will we see Jay White back in a Rev Pro ring this year? I think that's probably a safe bet, isn't it? Um, Should be. Um, so yeah, he's a uh, he's a hell of a professional wrestler, and it's a pleasure every single time he's in a Revolution Pro Wrestling ring. Uh, and then last but not least, I'm just looking at our neglected Facebook page just to see if anyone has asked any questions there. Uh, oh, awkward. A few questions. Uh, have you got any good Minoru Suzuki stories? Um, not really, but my favourite Minoru Suzuki stories really involve his rivalry with Chris Roberts. Um, so, like... He took it upon himself to he like it's almost like you know like they say like bullies can can um, sniff out weakness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's got quite the and rivalry Chris going with Chris Roberts. Chris is weak. Yeah. yeah. And like uh, my favourite time was when he literally got him in an armbar on the outside of a ring, <laughs> and Chris was like crying. So that was a uh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my Nora Suzuki is like an absolute. Uh, he's a legend of professional wrestling, and I think it's just uh, it's an honour to have him appear on on our shows so um i think years to, you know in years to come we'll be looking back on these as some of the you know the glory days where we don't realize how lucky we have it that we have people like minora suzuki and tomohiro ishii to be regulars in our country you know in their prime you know because uh again why i always en- the way i always stated it like when we first got tanahashi as an example in his absolute prime um it was akin to seeing like a in his prime john cena in the UK, um, normally the the role of getting to see imported wrestlers in the in the United Kingdom was either young up and comers before they're polished finish acts, or when they're done and broken down, yeah, and and can't do what they used to be able to do in their prime and are trading off of their glory years. So being able to get these guys in the absolute prime of their careers is just something which is wonderful and a great 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 learning experience for all of our roster who get to work with them. So nothing but positives. Um, let's do this last. Um, last question. Um, probably been asked before, but what advice would you give to your... S- what current advice would you give to yourself? Oh, when you s- we've done this. When you started out as in the business for Simmons as a wrestler and commentator and Quilden as a referent promoter. Also, what is the one thing you wish wrestlers would know or do before contacting you for bookings? So we've done the first so one. So we've d- kind of done the first one, yeah. yeah. So uh, so what ad- what is one thing uh, you wish wrestlers would know or do before contacting people for bookings? Well, do no one contacts me for bookings, do they? So. Well, <laughs> they do. They say, can you pass this on to Andy? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think you're brilliant, mate. So I don't know what's keeping him back from... Um, 
okay, so my advice is, have some, first of all, have some self-awareness, right? I have people who contact me who have not had a professional wrestling match or have had a couple of wrestling matches out of a training, out of a training school and saying, you know, can we wrestle for Rev Pro? Like, the answer is no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you're competing against the highest calibre of professional wrestlers. So make sure you have an impressive resume before you contact would be my main thing. Have self-awareness of where you are. What's your level? Because I get people who contact me who really their avenue in should be, um, you know, I'm a professional wrestler. I've only had a few matches. Um, you know, I'd like to work for Rev Pro. Would it be okay to come to your training school and, uh, you know, and show you see what how I can do. show you, yeah, show you what I can do? Which we've had a few guys like yeah. that, haven't we? We had Malik, we've had Jawani, we've had Callum, uh, you know, those guys. Yeah, you know, they've, so they've like had a great deal of matches, but but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's very important that um, you know, you ca you can't just you're not going to step in blind and you know unless you've got an impressive CV. So I say there's many ways you can make it into uh, a wrestling promotion. You can go to their training school. You can learn. Uh, through their training school and, and be fed through their their system, their internal system, um, or you can go out there, make a name for yourself on the outside circuit, make an impressive resume, impressive show reel, um, impressive CV, um, and send that off to promoters. Make a make a noise so people need to pay attention to you. You know, um, I think that's uh, that's the import most important thing. Um, also, just don't be put like there's a you know there's hundreds and I get literally every single day message after message after message. I don't, <laughs> I barely get back to people I know, let alone <laughs> you know random wrestlers. Um, so again, always if you work with people, ask for ask for their feedback. See if you can use people as references. So for example, um, you know. Uh, I don't know, like, Will Ospreay often puts people forward to me. Hey, Andy, take a look at this guy. And I'll take Will Ospreay's word and, and have a look. Make sure I look at that guy. Do you know what I mean? Zack Sabre will put someone forward to me. I'll watch his stuff, you know, make sure. So if you've got people to vouch for you, because, uh, you know, like, so I know Zack Sabre's not going to come to me and, and vouch for something which is not the finished product. Or not, or not. Or doesn't have a chance of becoming. Yeah, the tech's not going to waste his time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, like, if you've got people who can vouch for you, that's uh, that's also another good thing. Um, also, just remember your etiquette when you do it. Don't copy and paste a message. I'm a big fan of Preston City Wrestling, and I'd really like <laughs> to work for. You. Do you know what I mean? I've had that many times. Yeah. Hey, Andy, would be great to work for Revolution Pro Wrestling. I've watched every single show at the Electric Ballroom since. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like. Just know your audience. Try and personalise it a little bit. And always, don't be afraid of, you know, when you go, if you go, like, helping at shows is a good thing as well. Can I help with a show? You know, if, if you don't get a response, if you come to the show, buy a ticket. Hang around after the show and say, hey, I'm actually a wrestler. I've bought a ticket to the show. Really enjoyed the show. Would it be possible to help pack down? Yeah, sure. Once you've packed down, you've then earned some time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> to be like... Hey, uh, you know, I, I emailed you my stuff. Or would it be okay to email my stuff? You know, what's the best way to send my stuff to you? So basically, it's not as simple as just sending a um, a, uh, a Facebook message. Yeah. Um, and remember, back in the day, people, like, to get bookings, used to have to physically travel to a show to get put in front of a promoter. 
there wasn't the internet where you could do that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I know, obviously, as we got on a bit later, the internet became a thing, and MySpace used to be the place where you booked wrestlers. But, like, uh, but yeah, like, realistically, you physically had to travel to the show, show your face, even if you meant buying a ticket, buy a ticket, speak to who you need to speak to, and, uh, yeah, and get your ins that way, you know? Um, so n- nothing comes easy. Just remember that. And, uh, you know, if you send 100 messages and get one reply, that's a positive result. That's not bad, is so, it? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for everyone sending in all those questions. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And uh, we hope Cheers. you uh, got a couple of things. So follow me on Twitter. B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. Or me, at A Quilden, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And one more thing before we go, uh, we had a great response to when we mentioned last week about our wrestling manager class. Is that what we called it? I can't what we called it now. But we've actually had to change the date, unfortunately, because uh, Dean Ayers, who's taken the class, brought up the very good point of saying March 29th is supposed to be the day we leave the EU. So Portsmouth being a... Uh, I can't remember the terminology used now, but he said well, it might a not port, be good. Isn't it? Yeah, so he said it's not might not be a good good uh, good getting out of the city. So we actually moved it to March twenty second. So for the two or three people who have signed up, uh, I'll be in touch to confirm that time and date. And if you were interested in joining up, do email info at revolutionprowrestling.com or send me a message on Facebook or Twitter. Cool. Um, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with more fun frolics and. Uh, yeah, hopefully a shorter episode. That was long. Yeah. Marathon episode. But the longer episodes get good ratings. Yeah. I, I don't have the time. To, I don't want to... You've probably made me fuck really ill. Yeah. Yeah, we've had to stop a few times for pause, haven't we? We'll have had to take sips of water and catch my breath because I've been... I've got, I've, and this place is freezing. So really no not. doubt I'm just going to go home and... It's and really not it freezing. It's not freezing. All right, it's well, not if cold. it's not cold, I, it's because I'm under the You've weather. got a heater there. You could have just turned it on You're right next to you. You just literally turned it on. There's two of them next to you. I've been feeling it worse than worse last half an hour. So I'm going to go home. I'm going to have to cook dinner. And... Uh, why don't you treat yourself to a takeaway? Get a Deliveroo uh, in. We've got guests tonight, haven't we? So I thought you didn't have guests. I oh, no, no. We've got the in-laws coming now. Well, that'd be fun for you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to pop Burnley on the telly and have a good uh, good old watch of the football. Who are they playing? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm BT Sport. You got yeah. BT Sport? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do. Got All the sports. Well, no, because I do. I don't, I don't steal my sport, do I? I watch it. I pay for it. Okay. And I'm you can pay for it for too. RPWondemand.com. Free seven day trial is active now. Um, so check it out. Goodbye. You're not saying bye? Oh, bye. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>